Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Old Moon Podcast, episode 11. Wow, 11 weeks straight through, and not a single one of us bailed on it. How crazy is that? (laughs) Wild. Actually insane. All right, I am uh, Blue Squadron, your host, uh, as per usual here, uh, and I am joined with my co-hosts, as always, Tiltus TV and Jakeun V2, who will introduce themselves in a moment. You'll notice the brand new addition to the podcast. We have featured art now uh, every week. Thank you, Jakeun, for that suggestion. That was fantastic. Uh, so, You're welcome. Jay, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, no. Uh, hi, I am Jaycoon, and I am a Wusamine with a 750 gear score, and I love to party. Yes, welcome to the Old Moon Podcast, episode 11. Let's go sheesh. Flex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lay on, the bed. on the table. Did you guys feel that? The ground shuddered a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Tiltus? Hello, I'm Tiltus TV. I'm part-time streamer, full-time shot caller, uh, shot caller for the Solace Alliance. Um and uh a gearlet unlike jay i <laughs> <laughs> uh, define See, jay I mean, jay brags about it i'm like 650 <laughs> oh, i'm like i'm actually a gear <laughs> yeah never mind you literally started yesterday um, <laughs> see jay brags about it see that's the thing it's the people it's the people that joke about it that's that's how you know who the good players are Oh, yeah. What the? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we have a lot of interesting topics uh, here for today. A lot of Tiltus topics, uh, a lot of Jaycoon topics, and certainly a lot to discuss uh, with Woos Awakening coming out uh, tomorrow. Uh, actually yeah, wild. Um, yeah. but the first thing I want to talk about today is the top content. Now we talk all the time on this podcast about changes. We want to see to the game, current content, things like that. But I want to know what you guys actually felt in your time playing BDO. What's your top all time favorite content that they have ever released? Uh, we'll start with Tiltus. Ooh. Uh, so my favorite change that they ever made, uh, is probably Manos to be completely honest. Because I don't know if I'm Jay, I'm sure you remember, or Jay Blue, I'm sure you remember, but life skilling before Manos came out sucked. Oh, yeah, it was I not fun. It, blew, bro. <laughs> it, was it was so terrible. like, uh, it was just, uh, I can't wait to go to Pilgrims just, again. Yeah. yeah, let me go to Pilgrims <laughs> with my magical shining pickaxe or my shining pickaxe. You can still go there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I still go there. Yeah, but, um, yeah it's honestly it it made life skilling so much better for me as a like casual life skill player that it may actually be some of my favorite content that they added to the game that's not just a grind spot because i think my favorite content besides that would probably be miramok because it was the first time i really got invested like grinding with guildies and like when it first came out it was like Mm -hmm. everybody was there all the time or when it first got reworked let me rephrase that to be a group grind spot uh it was everybody was there all the time it was like hop in hop out all the time it was a ton of fun so um those are probably my two biggest content related things to Mm. to the game as far as like great changes that they made uh, yeah, I mean, like, what what was the last the 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 grind? Like, you you liked, um, what the Valencia edition of grinding or what? Uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed uh Valencia a ton when it first came out. Like, okay, I yeah. was a religious Valencia grinder. I was a perma red Fogans player. I had the little axe trick to get out of jail in like thirty seconds. Like, 
Um, had a house in Moy Quinn at one point. Like I loved OG Valencia. I spent so much time there. Uh, but that was that was back when like Gear Creep was like not there yet. Like everybody was still struggling to get their tri boss weapons and stuff like that. So Grunel, baby, um, Grunel, Grunel, yeah, full tri Grunel with my Zarka, dude. That's right, baby. Um, all right, Jay, what you? Uh, what's your favorite content that's ever been released? Uh, for me, I mean, it's definitely continuous care skill for fairy. <laughs> this <laughs> was a massive for me what? specifically. <laughs> okay, I do a lot of party content in BDO, okay? And not having to remember to pop my elixirs for my party every 15 minutes was a godsend. <laughs> Even when I'm solo grinding, right? Remembering to pop your draft and perfume is hard enough. And to How make it harder, serious? the buffs don't even line up, right? Drafts are 15 minutes, perfumes are 20. I got a moment? question. No. How yeah. is yours not uh, dungeons? No, I don't <laughs> accept. Yeah, I don't accept that. I don't accept that answer. What? I'm so dungeons sorry. is on the list. I just. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't accept that answer. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to make something different. The that's, fairy skill. That's literally the too skill. bad. Not the fairy by itself. This particular literally. skill. <laughs> literally. Uh, <laughs> he he loved popping his potions, hitting one and two repeatedly Dude, all the time. I still I still have that problem. When I get knocked down, I have a mouse on one button on the side of my mouse, and when I get knocked down, I still mash the one button sometimes from like OG oh, pot popping. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. So I'll do you. Uh, I'll do you guys one better. Um. First, let me debunk Jay real quick. Um. <laughs> We're going to move back because that's a quality of life buff. And I just immediately, I'm like, all right, well, well what quality of life buffs do I see uh, as the best in BDO? And I got to say, Jay, did you did you play the game before the, the current Central Marketplace was a thing? I, I did. I did. It started in 2018. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. You liked going to the Marketplace for eight straight hours and just bidding on every single no. relic <laughs> crystal shard. You liked that. That, that right there. <laughs> You, you, the central market, nah, it's, nah, don't even worry about it. I liked I the really relic crystal shard, Grant. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Really, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. the amount of hours you spent just staring at the marketplace mm-hmm. back then. Uh, kids these days, I tell yeah, you, they don't know. They don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Most people nowadays are like, oh my god, the Magnus is such a quality of life improvement. I'm like, back in my day, <laughs> every outfit, I had to go bet on every outfit. Like, um <laughs> like back in the day you used to get notif- i was like pavlov's dog remember you used to get ding like yep. you, had, you had all these notifications on the marketplace and every time something got listed in the marketplace that you wanted to actually buy you had to go bid on it and yep. then it was random who got the who got the item that includes pearl shop mm-hmm. items so you had notifications for every single outfit on every single class mm-hmm. every single time one got notified to the marketplace ding Ding. God, and I you had do not your, miss that. Oh my gosh! And you had your oh. marketplace made up all the time. You're like bid, okay, and you like try to keep running. Uh, but don't worry, Jay. I'm sure that the continuous care <laughs> definitely <laughs> saved you all of eight seconds. Uh, my, my favorite content: two things by far that stand out in BDO, uh, and they're very tied to each other. Uh, the first is Awakening release, which again mm. just barely. Barely, I think, beats continuous care. I think the re- <laughs> just, literally the release just, just of Awakening on every class go, in the game yeah, <laughs> barely edges out Jay's continuous care. Um, and then Succession. 
and Succession. Those are the two oh, times you're that in the big game. Of a fan of Succession. Oh yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I I love letting people play classes like their own way. So like mm. they they should pick something. They should pick a class based on its thematic, right? Like did they fall in love with this aspect or like this theme of the class, and then they want to like, but like not everyone wants to play Ranger the same way. Not yeah. everyone wants to play Dark Knight. A lot of people fell in love with Dark Knight because it has a big ass sword and um. Uh, an excellent personality but like, <laughs> like other other people fell in love with it because it had floating swords and an excellent personality um mm -hmm. so like i just liked that you could take the same class and play it two or three different ways but again mm -hmm. continuous care was also a good release i know <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe this wasn't dungeons or i can't believe i mean the low hanging fruit so yeah exactly it was there oh my god you gotta be kidding me right now all right okay so we're gonna go around again give me your next favorite thing that you have not already listed uh tiltus will start with you jay i want you to think really hard this time about your next answer tiltus start with you uh, um my next favorite thing uh, are we just are we going for content or quality of life changes no no just I, both together so what, okay. what do you, whatever so you think both together. one of the biggest changes that i was so happy when it hit the game was workers not having to build node word forts anymore holy <laughs> crap do oh. you remember blue were you there? Oh, oh <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, There's like 20 people in the guild all send their worker out to go build the fort because if you didn't, you, you didn't get the war that day. Oh, gosh. Ugh. Yeah, for those of you that Oof. don't know, you had to assign workers to build each individual annex of your fort when mm -hmm. it started. And like it took hours. And you mm -hmm. had to have like a million workers get this done yep. every day. It made managing node war guilds close to impossible. It was so difficult. Yep. Um, That's why do. officer used to be such a big thing back in the day. It's not Absolutely. nearly as big a thing now, but right. back then it was like only officers could send their workers out to go do shit. So, right on. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm almost scared, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think this is a better one. Okay, so another thing that that saved me so much time was the introduction of the Nadir's Band for enhancing Ooh, that allows players to store and swap their stacks without having an alt to do so. For newer players, if you didn't know, enhancers in the past had to use alts to essentially store their stacks. This yep. meant loading screens every time you wanted to go for your try mm. or TED or pen attempt. So, and, you know, I'm sure you guys know BDO and loading screens don't really get along. <laughs> it crashes a lot. So yeah, I mean, I'm really, really glad they added this function. So that's, yeah, that's definitely a better one. I need an adult. Yeah. I need an adult. Um, yeah, no, that's a good one. I also liked them. Um, this isn't used anymore, but back then it was kind of a super big deal. Uh, in order to actually build fail stacks, you had to use Reblath. Uh, and mm. downgrading your Reblath was like a thing that you had to do. Oh, um, so you had to have a red karma ult. You have to swap yep. over, put up, equip your gear, let the townsfolk beat you to death. Um, uh, any number of times, it downgrades. You switch back to your main character. Oh my gosh, it was miserable. Then they allowed mm -hmm. you to downgrade the Reblath at the NPC, and then we all thought to ourselves, what if we just wore pen Reblath, and the problem went away? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> now all the biggest enhancers literally just, they click Reblath all the way up to pen, man. They, they go uh, they go straight forward. So it's not used as much anymore, but the, yeah, that's, uh, that's just what Jay reminded me of. I'd say my next biggest thing is, 
again, the central market, bro. So it's like awakening succession, central market, uh, were the three biggest things. Um, mm. but uh, I've already mentioned that. So it's kind of a cop out. I'm going to go with the ocean content, the carrots. Ah, there the it is. I knew, I knew that was yeah. going to be yours. Out, I was bro. waiting for it. It's better than Jay's continuous care. Okay. <laughs> like I've got carrots. All right. And bartering and like crop content and like getting bigger boats and stuff like this, mm. like being able to like really just spend all of your time in video on the ICs. I love that. I love, it. I didn't use it right away, but I've really kind of grown into it. It's been a lot of fun. Mm. Um, okay, one more time. I'll go around the horn. What's your guys' favorite thing? Uh, we'll go to Jay first since we hit Tiltus first last time. <laughs> well, I was gonna see the dungeons, but more than a dungeons actually is Olin's Valley. I think this was the first time they've ever introduced a spot like it's a unique spot, unlike any other. Instead of grinding massive amounts of monster, you are hitting this big giant one giant mob that summons a few minions and had this really interesting mechanic where it would drop its arm and you would break it to get extra loot. I thought that was such a satisfying reward mechanic for the grind spot, mm. and I hope more grind spots like it come in the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, you like that more than the dungeon? I just, I find that, yeah, like, actually, mm. that's why it's because he actually got the merchant ring. Because you can spam it. <laughs> True. That's, that's what it, True. That's what you're, it is. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, mm. that's a solid answer, though. I, li I like that. And like, mm. one grind zone that really stands out uh, among all the other grind zones. I agree with that. Uh, Tiltus? Um, man, is it a cop-out if I just say Magnus? No, that's that's that was no. the low hanging fruit, bro. That's like probably the best. Um, now, yeah. so that probably was probably not as good as continuous care. So that was probably the best and biggest surprise when I when I came back from my big break. Is Magnus had just released, and it was like, "Whoa, you mean to tell me?" I don't. I, I so I'm a little bit of an immersion freak, so I still ride my horse everywhere. I refuse to use the wells because I'm a weirdo like that. But the storage, God, the storage. I can just access anything from anywhere all the time. Oh, God, it's so nice. That's actually the truth. Never did. I remember <laughs> when I got it, I didn't even realize what it did. I thought you could only use it with maids, and then I went to the storage keeper, and it was like Aladdin started singing in the background. I was like, oh, my God. I, can, I have so much more room for activities. Like uh -huh. Suddenly, all yeah. of the, like, the game just kind of opened up. And for yep. so, like the longest mm -hmm. time, man, they just did not want to let us use um, storage across like the whole world or whatever. That's yeah. absolutely massive. Yeah, um, storage, that, storage changes in general have been huge. I mean, even the central market, adding the warehouse, reducing mm -hmm. the weight of certain items in the warehouse, like just everything that they've done with storage lately has been a, a hit, has been successful. Mm -hmm. I and think, that, now so. you can use your maids to, to grab stuff off your alts now. You don't have to go through loading screens. Oh, yes. <laughs> No oh, more load God. screens. Stop <laughs> it. I can, my table's tipping. I can only get so far. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's, it's just that good. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely love that content. Honestly, the, the stuff that I'm going to... I'm going to say it's probably a little less thought so, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Mountain of Eternal Winter uh, expansion. That was going to be my next one. I love that was, it was a toss-up. <laughs> Eat it. Um, I loved Mountain of Eternal Winter. It's it's just because it's the thematic of the snow and mm. like I don't know the music soundtrack. Most players don't get into the soundtrack to the game, uh, very often. Um, but like, man, the the sound the music soundtrack for Mountain of Eternal Winter just slaps, absolutely yep. slaps. I love the Nordic theme. I love everything about it. Um, yep. Don't forget Lando. True, we did get Lando in the Mountain of Eternal Winter <laughs> as well. That's yep. big. 
That's big. Okay, all right. So now I'm gonna uh, we're gonna pivot off that a little bit. Um, why play BDO over other MMOs? Like, so they're all the same genre, and don't just give me the same. Oh well, it's a sand it's a sandbox MMO. Um, why do you particularly prefer BDO over um, Final Fantasy, Elder Scrolls, um, Lost Ark, all the other big name uh, MMOs? Jay, why don't you go first? Well, uh, I, th I think it's definitely the combat for me. I think most people can agree that BDO's combat system is one of the best, if not the best currently on the list of MMOs. There's so many classes to choose your combat style and, you know, not to mention the, the visuals of the combat as well. I mean, if you check that Wusa Awakening, her skills are absolutely gorgeous. They always seem to make really interesting classes with interesting mechanics. And I think anyone who loves to deep dive into class combos will definitely love Black Desert. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's usually either combat or graphics, man. That's usually, that's usually what everybody says. Uh, Tiltus, what do you think? Yeah, so, uh, remember when I said I'm an immersion freak? Yeah. My first month of playing this game, I was a completely solo player, and it was the, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's the most fun I've ever had playing a game, ever. The world was massive. It was all this stuff to do. I had no idea what was going on. I was a brand new player. Um, and I just loved it. I loved leveling my Dark Knight to 56. I loved grinding mains and homes post for hours on end, trying to level up to 60, like doing all that stuff. Um, and I didn't join a guild until I was level 59, 58 or 59. And then I kind of jumped into the community side of things. Um, so I have spent the entire last five years chasing that one month high of trying to find why i loved the game so much for that first month because it was why the first month you play bdo is incredible there's so much to do it's wild and, again, and then you stay you stay for the community afterwards but i think for me it was that immersion of just like there's no fast travel i had to go everywhere i had to explore everything myself i had no idea what was happening because the game is has so many systems that it doesn't explain to you off the rip so i felt like an actual adventure just thrown into the world and it was like all right figure it out good luck i hope you make it to the other I mean, side bro and again we're literally stuck with this like somehow we've come around to the best analogy for bdo is heroin it's literally <laughs> i it is it is you're <laughs> always BDO constantly fighting to get back to that first high yep. actually unreal um yeah. so yeah, no, I think that um, obviously the, the, the standouts are the combat and the graphics. Um, and then the thing that I like to go to is I can do whatever I want in video. And for yeah. someone with a, like, I have a really overactive and wild imagination, which gets me into trouble sometimes, but does me good in other areas of my life. But like, um, like I, I feel like I'm only limited in video by by what I'm able to imagine. And, and I like constantly trying to discover new things. And when I'm done with one thing or I'm burnt out on one thing, I can always just pivot and do another thing. Um, but I look over at, um, you guys heard of this new MMO coming out to Throne and Liberty or whatever? Oh, dude, don't. They've been working on this. They've been working on this thing for like 15 years. And I'm not joking. I took one look at it. <laughs> my my chat was, was like, actually describing that? it as like a mobile game or something. Yeah, like it is, it is RuneScape with worse combat. If you can imagine old school runescape oh with worse combat. So good. Ow. Absolute dumpster fire. God, it's my favorite. Because mainly mainly because people always say it's the BDO killer. This is gonna be the one. This is the one. <laughs>
and it's always i take one look at it i'm like those graphics are nowhere near i can see mm -hmm. the pores on my character's <laughs> skin there is not a chance that those graphics are coming anywhere near and then i look at the combat and i'm like oh, oh i get to hit the number two. Oh, now i gotta hit the number three. Oh, back to number one again now over to number two like nobody wants to do that man. Like, and if they, that's not enough for you throne and liberty has an autoplay feature so that's right just crank it up and let it go that's right <laughs> <laughs> miserable but yeah no i only just wanted to briefly mention it because i just saw it and it was kind of laughably bad but like do you guys feel like there's going to be another mmo that uh like is there an mmo that you're kind of holding out hope for here uh yeah uh i'm i'm a huge fan of the ashes of creation oh hype wow. train i'm huh. on it i'm on okay. the copium train and then uh the ride mmo obviously Oh yeah, we're all in so, that waiting room, big dog. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're all so, in that waiting room. Those outside of those two, nothing's gonna come out that grabs my interest. Um, I New World didn't get my interest. Lost Ark had my interest for like forty-eight hours. Um, the only other one I'd consider playing is maybe going back and dabbling in Final Fantasy again or playing OSRS for the thirtieth thousandth time in my life. So, um, that's it <laughs> uh jay anything that uh rustles your ruffles your feather a little bit um not really i i, I had a question are there any other mmos that do the same like key input stuff that you know bdo does like shift e shift f and all that stuff no because no. um there's never been an MMO like, release like that yeah i'm just like wondering why is it like is it copyrighted like can no, other MMOs cannot do that or something? Or they no, just don't want engine. to do it? It's an engine problem. Oh, it's so an engine thing. Oh, I BDO see. BDO built its own engine. Um, yep. And okay. so they can do very unique things with that engine. And also that means their graphics can be much better. Everyone else is stuck on an Unreal Engine fucking 1.7. Like mm -hmm. I, <laughs> and Unreal Engine's a great engine. It can do a lot of things. But I think that the BDO, because of how it functions, I don't think that they're able to actually replicate bdo's action combat system so until an mmo mm. actually comes out with a new engine which costs you have to understand making an engine is different than making a game if you have to develop mm. an engine on top of a game you're talking about millions and millions of dollars mm. oh. potentially um, yeah, you have to you have to develop basically like think of the physics for the world and you have to develop that for the world that goes into the engine you have to develop the, all the keystrokes that all goes into it right. um there's there's a, a player limit server limit all that stuff's built into the em engine so like unreal engine 5 i think what has like a 500 player limit per server or something like that like in the base unreal engine so it's it gets weird when you start pushing pushing the limits on like pre-built engines um didn't bdo sell its mm -hmm. engine at one point to somebody I don't think so. I thought, I'm pretty sure they sold the licensing that. to somebody, but I can't remember who it was for the life of me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. All I know is the reason it's so successful is because the engine is just clean, clean in a way yep. better at making an MMO. Um, it's also the big reason World of Warcraft remains the exact same because they built the engine in 2000 and yes, they sir. haven't been able to update it. So. Yep. Uh, short of updating the engine altogether. And like, again, when you're developing a game, so you have all these other games and there's these MMOs that want to come out and try to compete with BDO, um, but they just miss the mark because they're all using an engine that is just strictly, if you're trying to make a good combat system, it's just not as good as BDO's is. Mm -hmm. Just That's just the mm -hmm. bottom line. So I think we're all in the, I am personally in the Riot Games waiting room um, yep. for that mm -hmm. MMO because I think that that, I'm not, <clears throat> I don't know. I've seen a lot of, what was the Ashes of Creation? I've seen yeah. a lot of different teasers mm -hmm. and stuff. I don't think that that um, 
is really going to be all that great. I might try it um, when it comes out, but I think that I would play BDO over that uh, just at, at first looks. Um, I think that the Riot MMO, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about potentially for that MMO is that it's going to be a theme park MMO. And I'm not going to have the diversity of stuff that yeah. I actually want to do. And so, again, we go back to BDO again. So we're just waiting. Then we just turn around and we're in the... Please, Jay. Come out with another <laughs> MMO. Like, I, we're all waiting for Crimson Desert. Although Crimson Desert, I think, is... I, all right, I'll just say it. I think it's going to be a co-op RPG um, that just yeah. takes the MMO aspect of BDO away. Um, uses a similar engine, allows you to play with all your friends. Similar grind mechanics, similar grind stuff, but like MMORPG. I mean, not an MMORPG, yeah. just a co-op RPG. Um, yeah, that's what I think it's going to be too. Right on. Uh, okay, all right. So we're going to move on to one of Jay's uh, topics here. Uh, Jay, you suggested how transparent should the developers actually be with their content? There are pros and cons to being transparent with your content. Uh, and some people are very critical of them uh, for not being transparent enough, or at least they... They've been very critical in past years, but maybe more recently, not so much. Um, so, Jay, do you? How do you feel about this? What are the pros and cons of maybe being fully transparent with your content? Mm, well, I mean, I, I think at least for me, um, I love speculating and, and theory crafting. That's always been my favorite part about gaming company streams and game trailers i mean i don't know if you guys ever played uh path of exile and that game kind of goes hard mm -hmm. on the complexity of their gearing stat system and you know it attracts those kinds of players who love theory crafting so um i am kind of leaning more towards players themselves figuring out the certain systems um to optimize their their gameplay and their mm -hmm. character uh okay so you you want more transparency than what we're currently getting um, <laughs> I I think so. I think so. <laughs> I did. He's like, I don't. I think I don't so. know now. I don't. I, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies My, the problem. <laughs> and therein lies <laughs> the problem. Right there. You know, the players never know what they want, Jay. <laughs> they think I, they know, I, but actually, they don't. I do know what I want. I want more continuous care in my life. So. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. Seven years he plays the game. And he, continuous care is literally actually, uh, it's like it's like one little patch. It wasn't even talked about at the Calpion ball. That's how small it was. It was just like this little thing. Like <laughs> All right, Tiltus. What do you think about developer transparency? You want more or less? I want for BDO, I want more transparency. Um I do like when there are hidden things in the game, but I think I like when there's hidden things in the game when it's not a competitive-based game. So, like, BDO for me is a very competitive PvP-heavy game, so I want everything to be transparent so that I can min-max the way I want, so that I can, you know, figure out whatever system it is that I'm going to use and pursue that system entirely. Um, so more transparency would be nice, I think. I think we have a lot more than we used to, and we're at like 90% of the way there. I would like to see us like just flip it on to follow League of Legends. Just here's here are the straight numbers, bro. Go for it. Like, here you go. Um, there, there's still like the percentages against other classes that exist, like percentage damage versus other classes that still exist. It's like not in the official game. It was data mined and like stuff like that. That kind of stuff bothers me because I'm like, 
I want to be able to crunch my numbers and know if I hit this button, this button, and this button against this class, I will kill this class regardless of what gear it has. That kind of stuff. Um, because I'm a number-oriented person. Um, so, But that being said, Crimson Desert, if it's a co-op RPG, make it mysterious. I don't want to know anything about it. Because um, I like figuring things out. And, you know, this is the best build for me. Oh, wait, just kidding, it's not... That was what was so cool about Elden playing Elden Ring at release is like everybody finding out what the like meta was going to be for for, you know, beating the game quickly and all that kind of stuff. And I suffered. I played through as a faith strength build for the first two weeks of Elden Ring and I wanted to die. It was horrible. Um, so I, I like stuff. I like hidden stuff, but only when it's not directly competitive. If it's competitive, I need it to be 100 percent transparent. Uh, yeah, uh, I think honestly, I like where their transparency is right now. I think that they went from no transparency at all, like completely clouded. So yeah, I was on the fence of like, okay, we need a little bit of transparency. To now we're we're at a point where I'm like, okay, stop. Um, and I gotta I gotta admit, like as someone that's led a community for a long time and like a guild for a long time, people don't know what the fuck they want, bro. They 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 have no idea. If you let them know everything, there would be a panic in the streets. There would literally be a riot in the streets if you let them know everything. You can't possibly be transparent with everything. There's, like, things that they need to know, and then there's things that they say they want to know, but they don't really want to know. And then, they're like, you know, like, like for example, mm. let's say they come out tomorrow and they say, we have absolutely no fix for desync. It is never going to get fixed. There would be riots in the street, bro. Like, it would, it would be absolutely mm. wild. Bro, so this enigma is this. We're just not gonna talk about it, and then like they, <laughs> like people, then they'll just like they'll just live on the copium of like it's gonna get fixed kind of deals. Like I can one tell day. usually when they're one doing day. it to me now. Um, I, I can tell because they got the sixth sense for it. They'll just go quiet on something. I'm like they can't fucking fix that. Like pet damage. <laughs> pet yeah, damage. True. They cannot fix pet damage. They don't understand it. They don't understand how the pet damage stuff works. They're never gonna be able to fix. It. you just can't do anything about it um so like i actually think they have a good amount of transparency and i'll be honest with you i like the fact that they keep certain things about the game hidden maybe not everything but like one of my favorite uh memories one of my fondest memories of the game was discovering uh as the first person really to discover uh how to gather dead tree essence Right. And I, cause I was super into the lore mm. and stuff and I happened to be gathering in Kama Sylvia and I, you know, I, I saw something and I happened to check it out. I was like, Oh my God, I figured I stumbled onto this really cool secret and it made me a lot of silver because of it. And then everybody else figured out how to do it. And that's fine. But like, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was really cool. And I liked that it allowed me to go out into the world. And there was this certain mystery that like, maybe I'm like the first player to like discover this, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Maybe I'm one of the first Good. ones that maybe is doing this. You know what I mean? Knowledge is power in that kind mm -hmm. of an environment mm -hmm. where you hide things from your player. And I like the fact that like you encourage players to be smart, go out and adventure because you don't actually go out and adventure if everything's already discovered. If the blank yeah. edges mm -hmm. of the map are completely filled in, there's no real reason to go out to the to the fringes of the world, yep. right? Like so, I so like how transparent they are. You're a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent on board with you on that aspect of the game. I'm talking about PVP specifically should be like a hundred percent transparent. I want to ah, see all the numbers yeah, so, on it. Right. No. So I, yeah, no. And I agree. I think that there was like a, when we started the game, Oh dude, when I got it, Oh my God, they, you couldn't even see enhancement rates. 
there, there's like oh, a line. God. There's oh, like a God. line, dude. Like you gotta at least show I us something. About that. Like, oh my God, you're just clicking and you're like, I have no idea. You're clicking like a triogre <laughs> on like a 97 <laughs> stack. You have oh. no idea what you are doing. Like people had to data mine and they were like, that's illegal. And the people that got data mine got banned, but we dubbed them heroes and erected uh, sculptures of them. Um, <laughs> like we, because <laughs> like that was the only way to figure stuff out. So like, mm-hmm. I, and also accuracy was hidden. There was a long time in the game where there was like mm-hmm. this cult of people in the game, more than just a cult. It was a lot of people thought that Laverto actually had more damage on it than Zarka did. And so like yep. there was like this wild amount of people that were just swore by Laverto, and then they finally, finally, finally put the stats. Or the weapons, like the accuracy numbers, things people take for granted today. The accuracy numbers, the hidden AP, and the monster damage. They finally listed that out, and everyone was like, never mind, Zork is like way better. Um, <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> we've been telling you for years. Um, but yeah, no, so I think there is a certain amount of transparency that you kind of have to get past. You shouldn't make your players like try to experiment with, with some of that stuff. But then again, a lot of that was kind of fun. Like, again, like, it, it was just kind of fun to, like, try to experiment around with your own uh, builds and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I found that a lot of fun. Um, okay. All right. So, we're going to move on uh, to our next topic here. Uh, and this is, I know Tiltus has want, been wanting to talk about this forever, but technically it was Jay that brought it up this yeah, week. Yeah, this was Jay this week. Yeah. Yeah, it was Jay that brought it up this week. Um so to continue our uh, discussion of BDO as like a whole, uh, the combat system in BDO is very unique, as we discussed before. Uh, from the action combat to the overall balance approaches that they take, most notably, there is no Holy Trinity in this game. In almost every mm-hmm. other, I think in basically every single other MMO that the, it exists, they have used the Holy Trinity of the, you know, there's like tank classes, there are healing support classes, and then there are DPS classes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Do you think that our combat would be better if it was structured this way? Or do you think that BDO is objectively better because it's not structured this way? Um, Jay, it was your topic. You haven't talked in a while. Um, Jay, what do you think? Well, I did play World of Warcraft for about a year, and I, I did really enjoy the Trinity role aspect of tank, healer, DPS. Like, the dynamic of it is, is just so effective, right, that... Um, sometimes you just don't even need communication to work well together, right? The tank knows their role. Their their job is to take aggro and keep the other two, um, you know, safe. The healer is to support the tank and DPS to keep them alive, and the DPS to, is to kill the the enemies, right? Everybody has a clear role, and so that's why it's so effective. But you know, I think BDO is. You know, definitely, literally built differently in a way that I'm not sure the <laughs> Trinity role would work well. I do enjoy the fact that I can choose any class, and they will do fairly well in in, in most aspects of the game. So I am kind of leaning more towards BD, BDO to keep uh, doing its thing, and and yeah, really. <laughs> You literally play the one class in the game that cannot. That's what I'm just I, I, you gotta yeah. be kidding me right now. I thought for sure he's gonna be like, holy, in the name of the, the healer, the tank, and the goddamn DPS. You know, like, I thought for sure. <laughs> 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 Surprise, plot twist. Oh my god, bro. The right, side okay. player is like, keep it the way it is. Yeah, no kidding, bro. Absolutely no kidding. Um, Tiltus? So I love BDO's roles, roles and quotation marks that they have. Um, I think that it 
lends itself more to every player feeling like they have an impact on the game or on the mm -hmm. grind or on the pvp that they're doing because every class can do damage and shy is such a unique class in that aspect of being one of the only major supporting uh, classes for pvp um so i i think bdo hits the nail on the head i think it's why so many players when they get hooked on bdo they stay in bdo forever and they can't ever escape because you go back to something and all of a sudden now you're a tank but now you do no damage so like well, this is kind of fun but like i go like when i go play final fantasy 14 like i have to be a dps i can't play a tank which is what i played before i ever played bdo i was a tank player so like i can't go back to being a tank now i have to do damage um because bdo's broke me that way that being said i do wish that there were a little just a smidge like more support or tank oriented classes that still did damage but had more survivability or things like that based on the class um because i it, like it's so close like it used to be so close like mystic and striker you know like were almost invulnerable to magic classes back in the day which i still get nom flashbacks about but it was a unique aspect to that class where it was like all right if a magic class hits these classes they have way more survivability um which was unique and i like as a dk player i hated it but as a mmo player i liked that it was still versatile enough to where it was like there are some soft counters in certain matchups, so I would like to see them kind of change back just a little bit more towards that of like, hey, these classes do have roles. They can still kill everything, and anything can kill them, but there are things that they lend themselves to being better at. Um, yeah, I think that... Um... <laughs> Honestly, that fits perfectly. That was exactly what I was like. I want a tank, but I also want a DPS. Valkyrie main. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, now, now you understand. Out. I played Noble before that. You understand. Check, that checked out. <laughs> the shy telling me that they didn't want a Holy Trinity. That was, that was a curveball. I was not ready for that one. Um, I'm not a shy main. I'm just a shy tag. Uh, I, I, there's a difference. He's a Wusa main. I'm a Wusa main I think this is a super complex issue. I think that <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, you've got if you have the Holy Trinity, it makes PvP much more approachable for a lot of players because they inherently understand when they yep. pick up the class mm -hmm. what they're supposed to be doing. I can't tell you how many players I've been coaching, you know, hundreds to thousands of players for years as they've cycled in and out of the guilds that I've been in. Um, about where to stand in PvP, what their role is in PvP, because they don't. They don't tell you. Like, Warrior, what is Warrior's role in large-scale PvP? You know what? We're just going to do this as an exercise. What Jay... Where do you think uh -oh. a warrior should be standing in large-scale PvP? If we're about to engage, let's say we're about to go for a big engage, where do you think a warrior should be standing? Awakening warrior. Awakening warrior. Oh, well, you know, they, um, um they, you know, my default answer is they're a rat class. They should be behind enemy. Uh, is, is that right? So behind enemy. Do you think 180 degrees behind the, the offense ball? The enemy offense ball. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Don't, they, don't laugh they at do yourself. Move it's really not a bad fast. answer. It's not a bad they answer. Move around fast. It's not a bad, it's not a bad answer. Um, it's also oh, really? not a great okay. answer, but that's, yeah. Oh, no. Do you want to um, know, do you want to know where that awakening warrior is actually supposed to be? Where? <laughs> On the bench. I'm sorry. Right, right next to, right next to the shot caller. Therefore, when the ninja pops out of stealth to grab me while I'm screaming at my ball, he can grab the ninja. That's where they're supposed to be. But okay, so you think, okay, so you think mid ball? You think like mid ball? No, 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 no. They're front. Oh, I'm, I'm the front line. 
I play Valk. <laughs> I am the front line. Okay, so uh, where should the warrior be? Is my yeah, question. Next to me. So that you think it's the front people. line class? <laughs> yeah, okay, front yeah, line like class. Okay, so if you're engaging so in, you think they're diving in with the If you are boys. a Q block super armor class, you should be standing in the front with your Q block up until the moment of engage now happens. All right. Then, then you then you balls deep it. Okay, and so here and here we. You meet this, it, like these are people that have been playing, you guys have been both been playing the game for, for many years. Like over mm -hmm. five years for, for both of you, right? And myself as well. And there's no necessarily correct answer here. Um, yep. Awakening Warrior stands wherever the fuck it wants. Um, yep. it, you could play it as a peel class. You could play it as a flank class, which Jay is so crudely trying to allude to. Um, <laughs> you could play it out on the flank. Um, honestly, I prefer uh, to see it played as like a, a flanking peel class. Um, so like, unless we're hard diving and he sees an opportunity to kind of go outside the fight and get in there uh, onto the enemy backline, I feel like he does an amazing job of stopping divers. Stopping succession lawns, stopping like the Hashash and stopping all these other, these rat classes that come in. It does a great job. It has de uh, defensive DP buffs and support buffs for its allies. I think it does a great job there as well. Uh, frontline, mm -hmm. the problem with it trying to frontline uh, is that you just almost all of your protections are frontal guarded. So if you dive in with the Zerkers and the Valkyries, you're just dead on arrival. You're mm -hmm. toast. Um, and so it just doesn't have that durability. But the, the point I'm trying to make here is that like, the fact that we don't have the like the clean cut healer DPS um, and tank classes makes it very difficult for players to understand and approach PvP in a practical way, mm -hmm. right? Like if players mm -hmm. that have been playing scale. the game for seven years, some of the most expert foremost people on the, like on their classes and things cannot concretely tell you where a warrior even then that's the first class. Right, like we could go through every class in the game, uh, and maybe there it's a little more concrete on those classes too. But I think it does make PvP relatively hard to approach. And I think that um, if they went towards a healer, um, like this Holy Trinity approach, I think it would make it a little bit easier. However, um, I don't think that they really have to kind of go that way. Uh, I think that they should release more classes, a lot like Wusa that play that like Awakening Wusa that are designed to play. Not as a flanking melee assassin. No more flanking melee assassins. The problem is they have released so many assassin classes in the game. Mm -hmm. um, whether it be Kuno, Ninja, Lon, uh, Hashashin, um, like Awakening Nova. Um, God, what, what am I meant? Like Musa, Mewa. Uh, like most of the classes in the game are all flanking assassins. And at a certain point, it takes all the fun out of large-scale PvP. Because there's no more yep. guidance. People just have to skirm it's just a giant skirmish so like it's they RBF need to yeah like yeah exactly so like they've gotta they gotta sway this a little bit more towards they gotta release a couple more healers a couple more tanks i agree with tiltus that they should release a couple more shy like classes but there's actually a correct way to do this as mm -hmm. the game approaches a late game state where everyone's got their ap set finished right where we're, where we're like really really getting there you can turn around and you can look at it in a class like an awakening mystic i know i'm just dusting the cobwebs off of that fucking class don't bring that class back. Um, you, can turn, you can turn around to Awakening Mystic and say, what if we just put a stupid amount of DP on an Awakening Mystic and let it play like a tank, right? Mm -hmm. It's got the vacuum. It's got a bunch. It's got, it's, it's got all kinds of utility. Slows everywhere. AoEs. Like, just a really solid disruption class, right? So, like, mm -hmm. I actually think that we as a community could naturally push toward more of a holy trinity setup as people reach these end game builds like nova for example succession mm -hmm. nova um as long as you've got your ap set for grinding and things and you're an end game player you could theoretically um 
play a tank succession nova oh, yeah. um that, that and plus get away 50 with it. q block helps yeah you and get away with it like you've got your wall there you've got other uh support style mm -hmm. skills and uh, you're very disruptive in things like this or a mm -hmm. or a um or a dp valkyrie for example mm -hmm. um would be like a dp awakening valkyrie yes you take away the aspect of your ultimate from it but like yeah. Um, but now you're always doing your support skills exactly. all the time. And you would just be mm -hmm. a unit of supporting your offense ball, right? So, mm -hmm. like, I think that we might actually flow towards that uh, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think that the biggest problem with not doing the Holy Trinity is also its greatest strength. Its greatest strength is that it makes PvP very complex, right? Like, super hard to understand large-scale PvP as a concept for a newer player mm -hmm. or even a veteran player that's approaching mm -hmm. it for the first time. You're like, oh my god, there's so much stuff going on. Like, it's just overwhelmed, and I think that that deters a lot of players, but I also think that's that, that's why a lot of players like our PvP system so much, mm -hmm. is because it's so dynamic. It's so complex. So, like, like I said, it's a double-edged sword, um, but it's something that um, people definitely, like, you could definitely go either way um with that discussion uh all the way to the bank now uh something i want to touch on uh next is actually class customization um and jay again this is one of your topics uh that you, that you wanted to bring up here <laughs> we're going to set aside succession and awakening uh for a moment uh setting aside succession and awakening the only three real ways to customize your character in this game are rebombs core skills and add-ons Right? Those three things. <clears throat> Do you guys feel like there should be more customization in the game um, outside of, like, Suck and Awakening? Um, I'll, we'll start with Tiltus here. Yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, and it, it goes back to what Blue and, Blue and I kind of both said in that last part, too, is, like, the classes already kind of exist to be played certain ways. The, there were themes when they created a lot of these classes that if we just kind of gave them the option to like really spec hard into those themes they would i think succeed really well and and what their identity was originally um and also kind of balance everything out to where you do have more classes that feel like they're useful because i i had a guy um in my guild for a long time that forced awaken mystic for as long as his mental could take it he refused to not play it in pvp because he enjoyed the disruptor that was his thing oh, yeah. he loved to play mm -hmm. that play style he's like i don't really care about the kills but i love setting it up i love being that guy but then he's like but i just i the class doesn't lend itself to doing that so if you gave him like more specs to be able to be a disruptor um you know i think people would find their niche of things that they really enjoyed um so I absolutely think there should be more skill customization that lends itself more to diversifying the class that we already have. Because um, I think it would be really important. If, if I could, as a shot caller, if I could spec my Valk to be a support goddess, I would 110% do it. And I wouldn't think twice about it because I am not a fragger. Mm -hmm. I am not a bomber. I hate going in first, but I do it because I'm the Valk. Um, if I could stand next to my witch wizards and just heal and PA with them and do all that, and you gave me that spec, and then I could also go in and bomb sometimes, like when I'm really feeling spicy, I would I would absolutely love that. I love playing the setup class. That's why I played Nova as well, because a lot of the retreat mechanics, putting down the, the wall as a Nova is the most satisfying thing when you're getting engaged on. You're like, boop, Dude. nope. Yeah. It's, it's so satisfying. So I love being either like the playmaker or the support 
aspect of it, but Valkyrie is such awakened Valk almost feels very one dimensional in large scale PvP of like feed me, I'm going in. Um that it's hard to break out of that mold sometimes. So I would like more customization to be able to see classes like really excel at these little niches that the player base kind of develops for the class and more customization would be a great way to do that, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how I tell people when they start playing Awakening Valkyrie and they're terrible, um, is I tell them to focus on one aspect. There's so many, there's it's such a dynamic class, one of the hardest classes to position and play uh, in the whole game in large scale PvP for sure. And so, what I tell them typically is you need to focus on one thing first. Like, mm-hmm. just focus on support skills, right? Like, focus on nailing every one of your support skills and really understanding how you should be positioning when you're playing like a support. Then we're going to feed you BSR, and then you can focus on your bombing, right? And then you can put the two together. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think there should be more customization. Jay, it was your subject, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would love for more options to specialize my class towards a specific playstyle. I remember for Shy... Um, before um, the four buff spells, right? So, you know, the speed buff, the HP buff, the BSR buff, and the resistance buff, um, they had lo- three levels, right? And you can only choose, before, you could only choose oh, one of them yeah. to be a level three buff. So you yeah. can make one of those buffs inherently stronger. And then they took it away. Um, and, then, and then they just gave everybody <laughs> level three buffs. Yeah. <laughs> you, could just, you could just have all level three buffs. So, I mean, at the, you know, at the same time, it's a, it's a huge buff for Shy, right? To have all three buffs. Oh my God. Three. But, yeah. I, I, but I also think it, it took away from that sort of unique, you know, you're specking exactly, into this, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if that was an available thing for other classes, let's say I want to improve my meteor, right? My meteor is a little bit stronger than my blizzard or vice versa or something like that for like wizard. And then for other classes too, maybe I want to make on Valk, I want to make my heal stronger, but at the same time, it would lock me out of my stronger DPS spells, mm-hmm. but allows me to have more support or vice versa. When I choose my higher DPS spells, I can't, it locks me out of my better support spells. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There it is. And there it is. I've walked. I've walked you guys into the answer. Um, you guys just. Didn't, you guys just didn't know what I was doing. I was being a little crafty, oh. little devil. Uh, we go back to this idea of the Holy Trinity. They don't have to release classes on release that that give you this idea of a Holy Trinity. Oh, it must be a tank. It must be a healer. It must be yep. a DPS. No, 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 no. We need more customization on our classes so that if we want to in large scale so i'm grinding right let's say you're grinding on a valkyrie i would have all my dps specs out just uh yep. pounding ass as i go through all the different mobs then i go to war and i immediately respect to one of my different skill setups if they gave us enough op- options and i'm playing the mm-hmm. full support tank valkyrie um when i go into war right yep. so you get this mm-hmm. access of the holy trinity while maintaining okay this class needs to be able to open world at a reasonable level Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Like an I open think that, world the way the player wants to is the right. big thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so now we're going to push into the, uh, and I completely agree. We absolutely need more customization on various skills, a lot like um, Succession, Witch, and Wizard uh, are currently designed. Mm-hmm. You can pick mm-hmm. every single skill has, yeah. you can pick. Um, okay. Do I want the, do I want it to have a CC or do I want it to be melee or do I want it to be, a, have a slow on it? Right. Cause like there's different versions of every uh-huh. skill. We should have more stuff like that, more options like that. Mm-hmm. I personally like to play Suck Witch where, and this is going to, sound crazy i take voltaic and i take um um aqua jail 
Uh, and the reason I do that in most cases is because I'm the shot caller. So I, but I also mm. like the idea. So like, it, it's unique to me, right? But like, that's the mm -hmm. whole point of customization. Like, I yep. want to be able, to, I want to have the utility of a split teleport so that I can go in with the main ball, drop the Voltaic, drop the Aqua Jail, slow everybody, get my heels off, and then TP out without dying, mm -hmm. right? And, and still have the mobility that Succession offers me. Um, and so, like, I think that that's the direction that they should definitely go in to allow players to customize their stuff. But if we look over at Succession and Awakening now, these are, like, the two big examples of, like, okay, this is, these are the two, this is, like, the branched path, right? You can either go mm -hmm. this way with your mm -hmm. class or you can go that way with your class. And I'll admit, some of the Successions don't feel um, much different than the Awakenings, um, aside from maybe APM usage. Um, but a lot of them do a great job of allowing you to play the class in two different ways, like mm -hmm. Ranger, for example. Mm -hmm. Succession Ranger and Awakening Ranger make the class very, very different from each other. Yep. Um, and so DK like, is very much the same way. Yeah, Succession DK and Awakening DK function very differently from one another. Um, do you guys, would you guys, is it even possible to have another path? Succession, Awakening, and, and you know, Reformed, or I, I don't know, whatever, whatever the path <laughs> you wanted spec. to go, a third spec. <laughs> Do you guys think a third spec is even possible at this point with a, we're constantly releasing new classes? Do you even think that they're able to, mm -hmm. to keep up with that? Um, Jay, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think Vito would come out with a brand new third spec for all 26 classes and counting. Um, but I mean, if I were to think of what it would be, I would hope maybe it would focus on um, more on utility. So I don't know, maybe, for example, Valkyrie or Nova would get a third spec focusing on uh, tank oriented spells and classes like Witch and Wizard would maybe have a, th a third spec focusing on support utility. So maybe that would be another way to bring the Holy Trinity into media or at least aspects of it into mm -hmm. a few of the classes. Yeah. Um, Tiltus, you think it's possible? I think it is 110% possible. And I've already said my piece about the classes multiple times, but I would really like them to just go back and look at the classes and look at like large scale PvP because we all, we all already kind of know like our PvE setup is DPS oriented. Uh, 110%. That's what it is. It is how many mobs can you kill in the allotted amount of time? How much trash loot can you gain? That is our thing. Even the new even the new region is going to be oriented like that there's a there's a timed you know a timed list of you know these players killed this boss in x amount of time so we already know that pve is all dps oriented um there is no holy trinity in in that there's no holy trinity in the dungeon um it is just you know throw damage down do the mechanics you're good if if we want bdo to remain as it's you know like one of its core uh aspects of the game is pvp um then i think having a third spec that just allows players to really focus on whatever it is that they want to do with the class and and make it that uh for uh, there's there's so many different options you could do it if you just threw if you just took the majority of the melee classes in the game and, uh, that aren't assassins and you put a tank spec on them where their third spec would be tank, they there would be a ton of players that would do that. I know 110% there would. If you took, um, and they 
did you know uh, reduce damage even more reduced damage um if you took uh, the caster classes and you you gave them a third spec that was all support focused there was a bunch of people that would take that yes sir i, I don't know what you would do for the assassins they're kind of assassins so i don't know what you do for <laughs> you them make, but well, you know well, you can make disruptors them, maybe or you know well, you something along that line pre-engage you can make like a strictly pre-engage disruption setup but no damage um yeah. and then you could have a damage spec that's just like a, it takes away all that disruption and makes it more mm -hmm. of a, right, so that way when you're that way when your stealthies go in you know you have one set that pre-engages they go in they drop all the cc's all the annoying things all the slows all that stuff and then you've got your damage dealers that come in a second after them and they do all the damage and then you've got your main ball that collapses in on top and i mean there's a lot of different aspects that you could do but i would love to see something like that where they just took the classes they took they really took the identity of the class and they just really just full sent it all the way home um kuno would be a large you know aoe disruptor uh hash i don't know what you would do with the assassins but like all the melee classes could all of a sudden have these super we tanky... forget about hash we're fine yeah well <laughs> all this all the frontline classes all of a sudden get a tanky spec all the casters suddenly get a you know support spec you could even uh, support spec archer um because it already has some support skills built into it um you know there's all these different things that you could do that i think would be really interesting um that so i would love to see a third spec i think they 110 percent should do it the game's old enough now to where a lot of the classes outside of the new classes are starting to feel kind of old like i i i know what all the classes do i know what the play styles are all going to be for every single class that i come across um i would like to see them shake it up um and i think i've already said it once but i think they need to back off on introducing new classes into the game for a little bit and just brush up the existing systems that we have and really focus in on let's hone these systems and make them really good and give classes their identity back because like some classes struggle with identity really bad um or there's too many classes that do the exact same thing um so mix that mix it up you know give them give them their core core identities back um because i feel like all assassins are kind of all the same way now they're all just assassins they all just go in and drop big nukes um your bsr bombers all kind of fall into the same niche of hey we're bsr bombers um i uh, don't see very many strikers and mystics anymore so it feels bad for those guys but you know like i feel like some classes kind of lost their identity of the class what made them interesting um even even zerker i mean zerker's got a really strong class identity now but if you remember awakened zerker's got like four grabs there used to be there used to be a very the very serious niche for awakened zerker's q buffing and just grab botting that was their thing they were ranged dps and grab bots god that was so much um, fun and interactive i'm so glad that that's not in the game anymore oh, <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm not I'm disagreeing gonna... but like now they're just bsr bombers so it's like it's kind of weird um I'm gonna so, grab him, I, and then I'm gonna grab him again, and this yep. is this is the tricky part. I'm gonna grab him again, and then guess what? I'm gonna grab him again, and they could just do that to you until you were dead. It was miserable. Yep. Anyway, um, but yeah, so third spec, absolutely. I think it's possible. I think it should be in the game. I think the game's at about the time where it needs something new to shake up the way that all the classes are kind of played. Because um, it's it's gotten a little like the classes just feel stale feeling now like even like even wusa and megu to me like fighting against them feel stale because i played against sage for so long that now i run into these classes and i'm like okay i'm just 
these classes all have the same identity. They're all doing the same thing. Uh, I understand what these classes, current versions, not awakening. I'm sure those will mix those that up just a little bit, but um, it would be interesting to see them just take all of it and just shake it up like a snow globe and be like, all right, there you go. Have fun. Yeah. You know, make make a new path. The game has always traditionally been doing its best when they've come out with awakening and then succession. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause that shakes things up the most. And I'm going to be honest yep. with you. This, uh, like Jay's argument is what most people are going to say that stand on the other side of the fence. It's like, Oh, well, I mean, there's 26 classes now. I don't think they have the manpower, blah, blah, blah. blah. And my answer is it's all about the fucking money, bro. This is literally just a question of money and they have enough money. Mm-hmm. We can do this. You just have to hire enough people to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, and that I think is what definitely should happen. That should be like the next big update mm-hmm. because really we're in this cycle of okay, we get some classes, we get an expansion, we get some classes, we get some expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time they introduced the Magnus to us, um, which was cool, it's amazing. I'm interested to see what their next content is going to be, and I'm going to be on it. I'm going to go out on limb, and I really, really want it. I really want it to be like another spec. Um. For the various classes mm-hmm. of the game, for all of the different classes in the game, so that you can choose to play your class in that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and maybe it's not even oriented towards grinding at all. Maybe you don't grind in that spec at all. Maybe it's just opted for yeah. like a way to play your class in PvP. Who knows? But like, I really, really would like to see them do that. Um, that being said, if we look over at Succession a little bit, I kind of want to talk. Uh, Jay had mentioned this. Um, the idea of core skills. Now, for the listeners that don't know, core skills are something that you can only acquire in Awakening, and they take one of your Awakening mm. skills and they super buff it. Whether they give it protection uh, or they give it a CC, they make one of your Awakening skills better. Now, Jay, you suggested the idea that maybe Succession might also get, like, should we give Succession access to the core skills? Uh, I have very strong thoughts on this, so I won't actually allude to those quite yet. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Do you think that Succession should get access well, to the core skills? I mean, I would imagine that, you know, the community would be very uh, vocal and passionate about core skills being added <laughs> to Succession. Uh, Succession's classes already perform extremely well, even without core skills. I mean, as I mentioned before, I always welcome class skill customizations and core skills would give Succession classes more class customizations. I mean, I think... A better way, so I had thought of a way to sort of um, um, implement it a lot better than just adding a, you know, a CC or a um, protection. You know, I would love to see more options of their effects. Like currently, they only add a CC um, mm-hmm. or protection to certain skills, right? So it would be more interesting to see some core skills change a skill mechanically. So, for example, let's take the spell Voltaic Pulse and Witch, right? It's naturally a super armor um, spell, a circular AOE under character right um what if the core skill maybe gave it a suck mechanic instead to pull in enemies or perhaps a core skill that instead of a circular aoe now it's a frontal cone attack in front of you which has forward guard instead of super armor so things like that that would make the options more interesting again this would probably be a nightmare to design and balance but i think it would add so much more to the combat system of bdo and i think that would be um, a more interesting way to add core skills to succession and awakening and change their their you know change it overall so mm-hmm. yeah um that's I mean, it's a good it's, it's an interesting take tilt us yeah so i'm very much against them adding any type of more protection damage or cc's to core skills but if you want to change the skill itself to do something different to allow players to customize the way it does, 
if you take off a CC, but you add a slow, maybe that's a kind of trade-off that we could talk about with Succession, because I do agree that I think in PvP specifically, and probably in most PvE situations that suck, typically will do better uh, than its Awakened counterpart, um, as far as damage and things of that nature and protections will go. But if you want to change the way the skill functions entirely, if you want to take a, you know, a suck DK airstrike and you want to remove the, uh, I don't know, the bound or knockdown or whatever on it to well, just be iframe super armor and then it has no knock, no CC, that would be interesting. I would, you know, mm-hmm. you, now you're trading off one aspect of the skill for a different aspect of the skill. So if you're talking about core skills for succession and that, I would be way more open. If you're talking about just like, Hey, this skill has a CC. Now it has a super armor. No, no, wrong. Um, but <laughs> like uh, a trade off, right? Yeah, you're, you're a trade off, right? Yeah. You're giving customization, but in the form of like, oh, I don't really use this skill for the CC. I would like to have this skill to have super armor instead. So now I don't have mm-hmm. a CC, but I've got a super armor. Or you know, I want it to have a AOE slow, uh, or I want it to have forward guard now instead of a super armor. Or, you know, something where you're mixing the skill up. You're not just mm-hmm. buffing the skill. Um, that would I would be way more open to that kind of core skill conversation. I think for suck. Um. Yeah. No, suck can't have core skills. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Are you Are you nuts? Um. There's like there's no way. There's no way you can give... I mean, part of what makes Awakening Awakening is they gave it that core skill aspect. Um, so regardless of whether or not you change core skills, you absolutely cannot add them to Succession. You'll just make Succession objectively better um, mm-hmm. than Awakening, I think, in way too many cases, even with one skill like that. Because Succession, you're talking about front-loading most of Succession on every single class in the game has less skills than its Awakening counterpart. And that's just that's just how it goes. And so, in order to compensate, um, they have given succession on every class in the game does more damage on less skills, right? Mm-hmm. If you give those same skills and you load them up even more, it's like a Big Mac, bro. We're going we're going with another <laughs> layer. Um, like you can't you, know, you can't load any more stuff onto these skills and not um, expect the class to be over the top in PvP. However, that's- that being said. So take away the, the the idea of core skills out the window for succession. Plus, you'd have riots in the streets. Um, True. Like, oh man, we go back to that idea of you can't tell the player base everything. They would go and sing. Um, <laughs> but, like, looking at core skills, I think core skills was a brilliant idea done very horribly wrong. Um, I think that uh, Jay is absolutely right. Instead of just adding a protection or a... I think adding a protection or adding a CC to already standing skills is a... T- terrible way to buff awakening up to the point that it, it matches succession mainly because it takes the dynamic away from pvp i've seen i've been shout casting um aos matches like big tournaments like sponsored tournaments um and i've seen players literally change their core skill in the middle of a match and there's no way for their opponent to actually know that they changed the core skill so now they have a protection on a skill that normally the the enemy team is going to think okay I can jump on this. Or, hey, he doesn't have the core on that. Um, uh, I can, I like, I'm not going to get CC'd here, right? But, like, the fact that you can change core skills at will, and it completely makes the class different without any indicator for your opponent. Like, it just takes the dynamic out of PvP. Like, you can't actually tell what core uh, that your opponent has. So, like, some classes, are, you, know, you kind of have to play around all of them. 
at the same time, mm-hmm. like without actually knowing which one they have. And I think that that's just terrible. I think instead you add, like you said, a vacuum or a slow or anything like that. And you have to give the, the core skill when you give, when you equip a core skill, it should have a different effect. It should have some sort of different indicator so that your opponent can tell he's got the core skill on Voltaic. He's got the core yeah. skill on Fisher Wave. He's got the core skill on the Encelar jump for Valkyrie, right? Like, so that you could very concretely tell as the opponent um, what core skill your opponent has and play around it. I just think that mm-hmm. they've just been, they've been done relatively poorly. You can't add them to succession, but you can rework how they've been done. Um, and I think if they want to keep it as it, currently stands they need to add new animations for the core skills so that you know mm-hmm. and, and can play around what your opponent has taken right yeah there's no way to know until you get hit by it yeah, <laughs> and then it's you're like oh wait and i know the shy means the shy means in the audience are like core skills what core skills you guys have core <laughs> yeah. skills, core, core skills? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean shy was the first um class that kind of remotely had a core skill right where like like jay mentioned before you could just pick which mm-hmm. of the buffs you wanted to have super buff i mean it's almost always the hp uh in capped content uh but mm-hmm. you could theoretically like you could talk to the other shies i would do this before everywhere when i played shy as a shot caller um in t1s i was like all right what are you guys taking all right i'm gonna take the resistance one or i'm mm-hmm. gonna take that one so that we have all three covered you know what I mean? That's what we uh, did in Olin's Valley if we had multiple shots. Yeah, super cool, bro. It's like very interactive and fun. And then they were like, no, you just t- t- take them all. And we're like, okay. Like, all have right. them all. Okay. You can just have- <laughs> Why don't we okay, just give thanks. everyone all the core skills? You know, that's the solution. If you want to give Succession all the core skills, or you want to give Succession their choice of a core skill, Awakening gets all of their core skills. Yeah. Take your pick. Take your pick. Take your pick. Or we can leave it as it is, folks. Like My, uh, my DK is screaming from broken jail somewhere. <laughs> can you imagine DK with all the core skills? Oh. <laughs> Sweet mother of Christ. Like, honestly, can you imagine Awakening Witch with the core skills? I can. It's exactly the same as it is now. <laughs> Still terrible. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now I want to move into, uh, we've taken a, a good chunk of time here. So I actually, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit um, to our first forum post, which I want to talk about before we jump into uh, the Wusa Awakening. Um, and I don't know if you guys had uh, time to read this post, but um, I'm going to actually read the post. Uh, parts of the post and then we'll discuss it and then I'll read the next part of the post and then we'll discuss it. Um, so this first guy, uh, Dionysix, uh, suggests, he says, you all probably don't care much, but I'm quitting BDO. I haven't actually been playing for four months or I have actually been playing for four months and I've been looking at, uh, the new systems and content that are available for the new region. And I don't like what I saw. Why I am quitting on the other hand, my interest some and reflect, um, what other players feel. Sorry, I'm trying to stumble through his grammar is 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 a little rough bdo's current direction is a 180 degree turn bdo used to be a unique and what it offered in an mmo mmo rpg genre uh, a high quality full open world sandbox pvx um game since pv uh since pa took over the game i haven't seen a single new system or content in the sense of the old version of a sandbox pvx game all the new systems and content went more towards theme park casual like other MMORPGs on the market. Let's stop there for a second before we get into his bullet points. Do you feel that the new content since PA has taken over has actually narrowed your scope of the game in any way? Do you feel like they've throughout, they said you have to do this content um, in order to do other content? Because that's kind of like at the heart of a theme park MMO is it kind of guides you through the MMO step by step by step. Do you feel that the content that PA has released, do you agree with him 
uh yes or no uh so far tiltus the only linear thing i can think of would be seasonal outside of seasonal uh, the game's still very much like i haven't done the main quest on my valk i refuse to do it at this point because it's the old main quest and i can't skip it so like, <laughs> um so i don't feel that it is like super restrictive on what you can do now i feel like if you're a brand new player jumping into the game for the first time it's probably good that they're seasonal let's be honest here the game's mm-hmm. pretty complex um so the only linear path of progression that i see existing in the game where it kind of holds your hand and you know shows you along is seasonal but with bdo being as complex as it is i don't see that as a bad linear thing and then once you get done with the seasonal you are fed to the wolves (laughs) there's no helping you after that you know it's good luck you're 550 have fun enjoy enjoy it (laughs) um so no would be my well no with the caveat of seasonal okay uh jay yeah pretty much ag- agree with tiltus that seasonal is the only one where they kind of hold your hand and give you all these like you know ex- you know tuvala gear right in the tuvala timmies but then you know afterwards as as tiltus said they feed you to the wolves right every time um I-, I get a lot of new players come into my chat and they always ask me hey what do i do after seasonal right it seems like um after the, after that like your your the possibilities are endless so mm-hmm. I, I i do disagree with uh the statement that this is um uh you know uh what's called a theme park, theme park um, um maybe it might be headed in that direction i don't know but um i mean i personally wouldn't mind if it did because i i did enjoy um the other theme park mmos like uh world of warcraft and final fantasy and as we all know, those those MMOs are successful, right? There's a there, there's a reason why they are successful. So, mm-hmm. you know, if BDO is trying to chase that success, I don't know if that's a bad thing for the game overall. I don't know. I just might not please everyone, you know? Um, yeah, so I agree and I disagree um, with them. I disagree in things like the Magnus uh, and various, uh, like the, the expansions and things have actually been very much so in their line with like the sandbox MMO. They're not forcing you to do content one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. However, um, I will say that the way season has been structured and continues to progress. Um, what do you have to do to get through season? You have to grind. You must grind. You can't yep. life skill. You can't do other things. You must grind. You have to do like your weekly or seasonal. You have to go kill what X amount of mobs. You can't life skill. Mm-hmm. You can't do other, you can't sail. Right. You can't. Um, That's true. You can't do anything else. You literally, and, and so it does, it's very much, he's not wrong. It definitely is throttle. And then you get to your, just outside of season, what's the next thing you have to do? Think ahead. Oh, and now I have to do my, my, um, my Jatinia daily. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Well, you can grind and get it done two times faster, or you can life skill and get it done in over half a year. Um, <laughs> so again, we're going to grind. Um, also, what about the, the pen system? Or I have to grind. Again, right? You can't really life yep. skill for that. You can't really sail for that. You can't really go out and like underwater gather for that or do whatever you want um, or like build your residence for that. There, there's no options here. They've so like, while I agree with Tiltus that like it, there's a fundamental like when before season existed, it was too much of a sandbox. Like you need to guide new players to a point and then set them loose mm-hmm. um, on the world. Uh, but Tutorial like, Island. Right, but yeah, but also even in the tutorial, you should give them options, hmm. right? 
Let them, for seasonal, let them life scale their way all the way through to pen to volley gear. That's a crazy concept. That's a crazy no, idea. No, I got a crazier concept for you. They could gather for time, uh, time fail black stones. They could hunt or, for ore. Or, right? instead of uh, APDP to volley gear, you give them life skill to volley gear. I mean, they kind of have that. Oh. Yeah, right, like, yeah, right? Like a life skill to volley gear that gets you to what? Duo manas? Yeah. No, right. the equivalent like, you know something, something equivalent. in that ballpark yeah right. exactly like something sick. like that that mm. allows players mm. to still manage that like uh theme park aspect but it's still guiding them you still have mm -hmm. them guided right on the path um i think that that would help them tremendously especially since then they could make a full set uh, i like that tilt just because they could make a full set of pentaval combat gear and they could do the pentaval life skilling gear which is like mm -hmm. duo manos that way when they get out of seasonal and they want to look at the world they can say you know, I kind of like life skilling. I think I'm going to give that a shot. And they have a system yeah. to work with. They don't have to now drop, okay, uh, 25, 30 billion on a life skilling set that's going to make them to try to make them as much money as they can currently make grinding at some of these hmm. spots. Right? And, and honestly, sell it that's all a small when they're ready for the next upgrade. Literally, so. yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The cycle of life and death. Um, but yeah, I actually do agree with him so far, uh, on most things, but like, I think that that's really only has to do with seasonal and stuff. As far as the new content that are releasing with classes, expansions, Magnus and things like this. Um, no, I don't feel like it's any less of a sandbox, uh, than it was mm -hmm. before, but as far as how they're approaching seasonal, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, let's go through his first couple of points here. Well, number one for the casual and solo player with the introduction of season ser server accessibility was made easier for casual players, but at the same time, it devalued the early game experience and the joy of armor upgrades, the free discovery of the open world, uh, and own looking for your own adventure. Forcing a new player to chase through the main storyline and complete a linear task through battle pass uh, through a battle pass contradicts the concept of a sandbox game. Simply getting Tet boss gear directly or indirectly devalues any other armor that has um, that has been hard earned. Uh, I'll start with this one. I I disagree with I disagree with this um, pretty pretty concretely. Like the the idea that like players should have to earn their keep because like it's a better experience for them but they are not having a good time in <laughs> sub tri boss gear they are not having a good time in bdo right so like getting them to the point of practicality sooner even if it is just handing it mm -hmm. to them through the main story in my opinion is just a w i don't see that as like a moving toward a yeah. sandbox i see that as just necessary evolution of the game as it progresses forward but what do you guys think tiltus yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that one. It's it's like the whole argument of I pre-ordered my first dandy for 700 mil at base. Ooh. Do I wish other players had to experience that? Absolutely oh, not. It was horrible. You know, <laughs> oh, like my first dandy was 700 mil. You know, that, that was before the central market rework. So um, I think that it's the game does not... The game does not open itself up to you as a game until you really hit about the old soft cap APDP brackets. That's when the game starts feeling like, oh, okay, I can go to all of these different spots. I can actually invest in the grinding of the game. I can actually, you know, do right. my gahas or I can do my centaurs or, you know, whatever. Um, I can do polys, you know, all that kind of stuff at a decent rate, you know. Um, so punishing players just because we had to suffer through pre-ordering our first dandy at 700 mil, uh, I don't think is a good mentality to have for new players because the game is well, his argument pretty... was that that was fun. 
His oh, argument no, was that brutal. was fun and fun. we should not deprive players of the experience of having to do that for the first time. I'm not sure. That's do his you, argument. Do you understand when I bought my dandy, I was grinding desert fogans for like 60 mil an hour? Woo! When I bought my dandy, <laughs> I'll do you one better. When I bought my dandy, I was grinding Elric Shrine for six, count it, six million, not 60 million, six <laughs> million silver an hour. Okay. How much like, did you buy the dandy for? I three hundred and forty million. Do the math. Yeah, yours was a lot worse than mine. <laughs> that was rough. That was rough. Um, but yeah, and I would not wish that. Was it fun? I'll be honest with you. Actually, yeah. But like, also, I you can't expect a new player that's getting into the game to do that. Yeah. Um, when there's people like Jay running around, you can't. There's no like yeah, that player Jay, runs into Jay. Gosh. If that player runs into Jay one time in an open world <laughs> PvP situation, <laughs> what do you do? There's no hope. <laughs> like, like if uh, I run into Jay in an open world situation, there's no hope. But like, especially for a player that literally gets like tickled by like some stray skill, and he's like, "Oh, I'm dead." Like, yep. no. Jay, what do you think? Um, I don't think there's too much to say. I mean, this yeah. all gives me um, back in my day vibes, you all know, right. and exactly. so, um, I think getting players up to speed to the relevant content is is just how it works. You know, we're this is modern day, yep. you know, modern day BDO, you know, society, blah, blah, blah. Every okay. every MMO right. has it in some form so, or fashion. Yeah. Let's move into the meatiest part of the post. This this is an, this is a controversial one. So number two, he says separation of PVP and PVE with instances. The great and exciting thing about PVX content systems is that they creates dynamic gameplay. While you are grinding in one spot at any time, at least one player could come and attack you. Those are the moments where the dull grind is broken and perhaps friendships or enemies are created uh, and where memories are made. Sure, that still exists, but BA did take a lot out of those experiences and you experience them less and less each time. You have a lot more uh, good alternative spots to grind today than you used to. Competition um, that for many was the main reason for alliances or war is becoming less and less. Uh, and again, reduced social interaction. If you want PvP action, you go to AOS, which is in the instance and fr uh, and freed from the influences of the open world game. Dynamics in the sense described above are no longer present. Uh, we have also seen the first steps towards instance PvE content with the Marnie's Realm. Uh, more will be add uh, added with the upcoming boss rush. Okay, do you guys agree with him? Uh, Jay, we'll start with you. Um, it is definitely true that, um, a lot of memories can be made in open world, but at least for me, um, as someone who played an awakening, Witch for five years, I did not make very good memories, um, of, uh, people grabbing me and throwing me out of my grind spot. So I kind of appreciate the, um, you know, those quality of life stuff that makes me not have to deal with that, especially continuous care, you know? So I don't oh know. Oh, Jay's over here like, he lost me. He lost me. Yeah. At, he lost me at perhaps friendships are made. I, I've never seen somebody I've kill got a story. Jay and made a I've friend. I've got a story. You know? I have a story. Oh, yeah. go ahead. So <laughs> my my current guild that I am in is the epidemic or is epidemic now. We finally got rid of the the um, and back. The only way I met my current GM is because 
we shared a home so the guild i was in joker and the epidemic shared a home server and i went to gahaz because gahaz was like the spot below Histria and Achman when you were still not quite there but you could still make somewhat good money there and i went there and i killed my gm in his spot and i said spot taken he tried to grief me in that spot for about five minutes and i killed him repeatedly he left not even five minutes pass i'm on my dk at the time not even five minutes pass a mystic comes into my spot kills me once and i say my bad the spot's yours so i go to the cliff rotation and who happens to be there the oh, gm no. of my guild fast forward like two or three months later the guild I'm in dies. I take a little break for about two months from BDO. One of my friends messaged me and he goes, hey, I'm in a new guild. You should come back to the game. I'm in the epidemic. And I went, oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I joined, I joined the VC and I was like, hey, Lava. And he was like, who is this? And he was like, oh, no. And so that was actually yeah. the start of me and Lama's friendship was the fact that I killed him multiple times at Gahaz, went from one spot to the next spot and kicked him out of both of them. Um, so there is some truth to open world actually like really forcing social interactions. And it is one of the flaws i think with the current amount of grind spots that are available in the game i do agree that there are there are if i want to make money and not be bothered there are plenty of places that i can go to make a decent amount of money and i will never see another player as long as i am there um, it is rare that you run into other players and while i like that when i want to grind there's also a part of me that's kind of like i don't have interactions with players anymore like if I don't want to interact with a player, I just go wherever I want or go to Marnie's realm and go wherever I want. That being said, there are still forced interactions that you will have to deal with. If, if you grind for the pot piece, which a bunch of my guildies are, not me because I refuse to do it, they'll tell you, I got karma bombed yesterday by this guy. I went negative one mil. That's why there's a deck up. Um, so I, there is some truth to that, and I would like to see there be a little bit more competitions between the spots to final players, at least a little bit more to, you know, hey, you know, you, you have, you know, Gyphons, you know, top tier, you have, uh, you know, Centaurs is below that, um, Olens is in there somewhere, whatever. And then you've got all these other, you know, spots that aren't as good as Centaurs, but you can still make money at. And then maybe just kind of gut the rest of them outside of like the Elvia realms and or the Elvia, yeah, the Elvia realms. Because um, like, there's just players all over the place now. Like, when's the last time you grinded and you you honestly ran into a player that was like, yeah, I'm here to grief you at your rotation? Uh, it's been a while, mainly because. Well, that's not true. It's either all the time or never, and there's no yeah. in between. If it's, you're being hunted, yeah, it happens a lot I, because they well, just will they'll find you. Right. I roll up and it's like, oh, it's blue, and then they kill me, or it's oh, it's blue, <laughs> and 
and I swap servers. There's like no in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey man, big fan. I'm like, how long? And he's like, eight hours. I'm like, fuck me. And then I swap, <laughs> I swap <laughs> servers. Like, well, time to go to a different server. <laughs> See oh, you guys yeah, later. Exactly. <laughs> um, Actually, I wanted to add something yeah, about Jay, um, yeah, go. when you were t- when you when you were talking about like forced interaction. What do you guys think about like more places like abandoned monastery where it literally tells the entire server, hey, there's this boss up and you could come and steal it you know ding 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 you hear yeah. that that's the dinner bell do we want more of that that's is the, that the dinner bell though? baby is that the uh, bell? hang on want? my mouth started watering there's one surefire way to summon show nation like <laughs> <laughs> i love those grind spots i think those are cool because really? you can yeah. make money yeah because you can make money at the spot and you can make more but like it's announced to the whole server <laughs> and yep. so like they can come they can come blast you right i love those type mm. of grind spots and i'm surprised okay. that they haven't done it again mm. um to be honest with you i think it's i think it's because of the fact that everybody comes to abandoned monastery and takes the boss that they haven't done another one of those spots well no i think that they, that, i think that was intended like almost yeah, positive yeah, that, that was like in like they, they wanted people to do that um i think that um uh, i <clears throat> Uh, I'm split on this because I have I have a story too. My very first interaction with open world people, I was in a PVX guild called Intrinsic Quality, long long time ago. Um, and I was doing a guild mission with my buddy Note uh, and my buddy Avron, one of my best friends uh, IRL, uh, who was playing video at the time. And we're doing this guild mission at Helms. We've got our Azula accessories on. All three of us are working <laughs> together because our pets are all tier one and we can't pick up all the loot, right? So like we're mm. going around and all three of us together though we're like pack mules and we're like helping each other pick up all the loot and we're doing the guild mission. And then this guy comes in and he's like, get fucked, loser. I have a duo crescent on. You know, like, and, and we just start getting, we get turboed by like this pack of like five guys, right? <laughs> that are just like, ha we have slightly more gear than you. Um, and we're just getting absolutely turbo. And we went, what's the first thing we went into guild chat? We're getting griefed. And then our, our, our guild master and the, um, and the officers show up. There's like two or three of them. Right. And I'm like, you're still outnumbered. And I'm not joking. I spawned node and there's, there's my old GM Verkanorix standing over the corpses of like four people. And he's like, <laughs> go forth and grind my child. <laughs> Don't worry, little bro. I got I you. Will, <laughs> I will handle, I will handle this. And I was like, Oh, thank God. That was one of the, but like that, that and from that moment I was like, I want to be that guy that like shows yep. up and it's just like the guy you're like, Oh shit. He's here, baby. Yeah. Let's go. You know, like and just start rocking up. So, like, I don't know. Some like, he's he's right in a sense, and it's some of my f- fondest memories were of when the boys roll up to help me with the open world PvP. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just a that's just a like it gives you the chills. But also, way back then, the difference in gear was like Azula accessories to a Duo Crescent, right? Yep. Like, yeah. And now the gear def- discrepancy is multiple hundreds of gear score. Yep. Right. Like an insurmountable, and it can, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, we're just not quite there yet. It's, oh my God, it's an insurmountable, uh, like, difference. I can't do anything, right? This guy's hard capped. I guess I'll just leave. Right, and so I think that the developers have introduced these things over time. Not, like, they don't intentionally really want to drive the two away from each other, but to a certain extent, they do have to, like, decrease the amount of bullying that can go on. Because, like, as the, as the, the, top end gear score goes up there's always going to be new players starting from the bottom and they don't want those new players getting driven away from the game by the morons at the top of the ladder (laughs) who just can't help themselves i mean every time bro i can't tell you how many times i've walked up on like a history rotation for example and but rotation is such a strong word 
I walk up and this this guy is doing he's doing one pack and then he runs to the next pack and by the time he's finished the next pack the first pack's up so he runs back to the first pack again and that's his rotation right but it happens to be in my like four room rotation that I'm trying to do and I and I just let him have I'm just like you know what man you're good to go. You're fine, dude. No big deal. If I you... see it pop up and say you got a compass right. piece, I'm coming to kill That's you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, well. I will well, farm you on repeat. Yeah, that and there was one time where it was really tragic. Uh, one time I had a I had an event spawn. And the way in history that you handle this is typically the event spawns. You go around, you do a rotation. And on the next cycle through, you do the event. Because that's mm-hmm. the efficient way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Or you kill the tower. And then you go do your rotation and you come back and the event is like all the mobs are stacked on top of each other. It's really easy. I go around and I come back and my event is missing. And I'm like, oh no, I know this kid did not. And he tried this little rat, <laughs> this little rat tried to kill the event. And then he went running down the hall. He's a little awakening lawn, went running down the hallway at like max speed. Cause he, I can see his ass disappearing into the distance. And I'm like, oh hell no. inefficient thing mm-hmm. ever i have like a i have like an old supreme old moon scroll i don't give a shit i see red you know what i mean uh, yeah. i ran that kid <laughs> down and just i just i just turboed him <laughs> i was like yep you don't get to do my rotation anymore <laughs> and he was like okay i'm so sorry i didn't know i was like you knew what you did <laughs> you knew what i you do not doing. accept that and then <laughs> back to my rotation but again those are some of the most fond memories that i have of a mm-hmm. game and i try not to bully people but i think that the developers have introduced things to to prevent people from bullying because it can feel helpless and and that that is what will make a new player quit the game right when oh, they yeah. feel like the the existing mm-hmm. player base is just such a bunch of jerks um mm-hmm. like because you get that you immediately extrapolate it like this happens once or twice and you're like the whole tie-in player base is just full of shit i hate everybody in digital donation is a yep. bunch of scumbag you know like they they get the wrong idea right because most of the player base is probably not going to interrupt they want to help foster the new player base but like mm-hmm. you, know, you get those jerks you know what i mean and so I think those systems exist for that. I do agree, though. It does. He's right. It does take away from those uh, experiences quite a bit. So I do agree with him in that in that aspect. Uh, all right. So bullet point three here. With Magnus and the reworking of the first chapters, the main story quests, um, there will be a much greater focus on voice and voice acted storytelling with cutscenes. All development effort and resources that could flow in... Uh, this is all development effort and resources that could be flowing into other things. Effort that could have gone into systems that are not just played once and never touched again. A typical problem with theme park MMOs. I have never once... This is the first time in all my history where I've seen <laughs> someone complain that the main storyline is voice acted. You missed me rolling my eyes really hard as soon as I got about two sentences into this. Uh, yeah, like, like I'm the guy that sits here and raves about how good the first story arc actually is voice acted and how I want the rest of the game to be story acted or voice acted. And this guy's like, no, that's money could have been spent elsewhere. <laughs> Fuck off. It's a multi-billion dollar company, chief. Like, like, really? That's what we're pulling at now? Yeah. I agree. Uh, Jay, I, I I would assume that you agree with us as someone that is a big fan of the main storyline. Do you feel like it takes away from the sandbox element of the game at all? No, I don't think it takes away anything. Yeah, I don't, at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it the takes whole, away there's anything. A, there's a whole skip feature that's there. <laughs> what the f- if you yeah, don't yeah. ever want to do the MSQ ever again. Right. I'm do it like, one time. Yeah, I'm just like, what? I, I, I'm so confused. And, and then he's like, <laughs> it won't be repeatable content. 
Yeah, except for the people that want to actually get a, any amount of quests done in like the 14 times that I've been forced to do the main story one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I refuse to do the main storyline on my Valkyrie because it's the old one and I have to do it. I can't skip it. <laughs> I did that quest enough, all right? I'm done. I'm not more, doing it anymore. More inclined to literally delete his Valkyrie, make a new one, make a new one, exactly. Send it, bro. <laughs> if my life skills weren't so high, my Valk, I would have absolutely already deleted it and made a new one i'm not even kidding yeah no, i agree uh okay all right so i'll eat like there's there's more to this there's a few more um points in this post and everything but those were kind of the main ones uh and honestly he talks about uh, a little bit about how uh bdo is kind of dying is a game and jay you, you threw up some infographs for us um that show the exact opposite jay do you want to explain a little bit um about what those those graphs oh. and stuff told us oh just the basic um, premise I, I, well, I didn't really uh, like look into it too much, but the graph uh, showed at least from uh, let me pull it up here in my browser. Um, at least from May 30th, the average monthly players May 30th, playing, 2021, um, 2021. Yeah, 2021. It was 3.7 million. And in this month, last 30 days, it was 7 million. So it looks like, you know, it's, it, it is going up um, over the last two years. So I don't think it is dying or anything. Going I think up. the game is still is still pretty in a healthy state, um, or w at least one of the more healthier MMOs out there um, compared to I don't know. Um, it's doubled, you know, <laughs> right? Since Pearl Abyss took yeah. over, it's doubled. Mm -hmm. uh, it's monthly oh. average players. Like, uh, like good. Not only that, but if you actually look at the website, we've doubled yeah. our average daily player count just Correct. in the last yeah. three months. Mm. Yes. It went yes. from just under 200,000 to 400 something thousand, 275,000 daily players. And I want you to wrap uh, your head around that. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the fact that we have not gotten Wusu Awakening, that we're about to get Land of the Morning Light straight into Megu Awakening. And mm -hmm. you tell me that that number is not going to triple. Well, sorry, right. I was talking to some, I was talking to some uh, guild leaders the other day and they were like, are you having trouble recruiting? And I was like, honestly, no. Like, because we don't have any wrecks. So, like, it's so easy for us to fill our spots up to full if we want. Like, we put out a couple of messages like, hey, we do Node Wars, no wrecks. We have an experienced core. Come hang out with us. You know, we'll teach you the game. Boom. All of a sudden, I mean, Blue, your guild is, like, basically that all on steroids. So, like... <laughs> it's juiced. It's pretty juiced, yeah. So, it's like, it's not even hard. Like, I, I actually think it's easier to recruit right now oh. than it's ever been in the game. If you're willing to take the Timmy Tuvalas and teach them how to not be Timmy Tuvalas anymore. So, Correct. yeah, because there's so many new players. They're just, they're, yeah, they're, it's, they're jumping not, at the opportunity. To I didn't realize I had a, I didn't realize I had a daily too, because that actually, uh, I, I, I mentioned it, I mentioned it in the messages that we have, but, uh, the la lazy peon for anybody that watches his content did last year or at the beginning of this year did a MMOs by average daily player count and his average daily player count for bdo was almost spot on he said it was one hundred and seventy-five thousand worldwide and the infographic that we just looked at which i'll link and chat here in a second um was uh like two hundred thousand, i think for the month of january so and it's doubled since then so i think bdo is actually on the rise surprisingly and i think this new content especially with it being uh not um not gear driven content is just gonna make that number go real fast so yeah I, I think it's in a better spot than it has ever been, and it continues to to rise. I mean, like if I was putting yep. stock in something, I would definitely put stock in P. I do as a content creator, right? As content creators, we have to. 
right? Like the, the game that you're making content for, you're basically putting your eggs in the basket and saying, God, I hope that this is successful. Because if the game is not <laughs> successful, we were we are not successful. Right? True. It's really hard to be successful as a creator when the game is dying. But when you have a good product <laughs> to work with, um, it's much, much easier. Right, Jay, I think you can probably agree with that um, sentiment. Now, um, I think that we should move on. I, I really, I was going to do another forum post. I don't know if we have enough time. And I really, really, really want to talk about our thoughts on Awakening Musa. Now, Jay and I have gotten a chance to play it on the Global Labs. I think that Tiltus, mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe that you have, but have you seen the gameplay of Awakening Musa on the Global Labs? Uh, no, I haven't watched any gameplay streams or gameplay videos of it. Okay. I've just seen the just seen the trailers that they've released and stuff like that. So okay, uh, Jay, what are your what are your first thoughts on this? Um, just as a whole, Awakening Moose as a whole. Um, you know, I, I think they definitely nailed the aesthetics and the movement. Succession had a lot of issues with her movement having collision, and they basically made all her movement in awakening have no collision so she feels so much smoother and fluid when grinding as for her abilities they do feel much lower than succession i'm i'm sure um you've also already heard that her damage uh, is poo poo on global labs but i think you know it's too early to have a final judgment <laughs> on the on the class just based on you know uh, something that's been released for like one or two days on a test server you know so new classes tend to have a lot of adjustments and changes made throughout the first month or two uh, i mean I remember when I played with Succession Wusa on Global Labs, her damage was also kind of doo-doo. And when they released her in live, they pretty much gave her a 30% damage um, across the board, more damage across the board. So I'm kind of thinking the same thing will happen to her uh, awakening. God. Uh, yeah, I mean, Not I agree. I'm, Jay, I'm curious, where do you feel like she fits mm. in in large-scale PvP? Well, you know, they, they did... Um, emphasize the mechanic of her landmines and um you know just landmines in history generally have been used to, to deter people out of certain areas so i imagine the same thing maybe would be utilized in pvp uh where they would be placed in i don't know like chokes and uh definitely definitely not an assassin class I, I think most people can agree that she's definitely not an assassin class but more maybe a disruptor because if you do plant your landmines they are a cc if somebody runs over them um i did notice they only do last like 10 15 seconds um i can't remember um but maybe they'll increase it to maybe 30 seconds to improve the function of being a landmine better i don't know yeah i agree um Careful. i think that yeah <laughs> easy easy there tiger <laughs> <laughs> um i think that da anyone that complains about damage on the global labs has not done global labs enough to understand that damage on global labs is always messed up whether it's way mm -hmm. too high or it's way too low the damage on the global labs does not in any way reflect what the damage is going to look like uh, on the main server so what i want to mm -hmm. focus on is um since we can't look at the damage number too much we can speculate wildly um but i I, I like when I look at a new class, I always look at its class buff first because usually the class buff is an indicator for what the developers feel like she should be played in, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for Succession, Wusa, uh, you saw that the class buff actually gave her plus 20 DP. It also gave her a bunch of HP, gave her like 1,000 HP, right? It's just a big, mm -hmm. giant influx of HP. Um, and then it gives you critical hit rate and some damage. And so what that tells me is... is that succession Musa is meant to be played as like this, I'm going to dive in and I'm going to have to take some damage, but... I'm going to unload uh, a fair amount of damage 
right? Like, but she has to be close mm -hmm. to do her damage, or at least relatively mm -hmm. close. Now, if you contrast this with the Awakening class buff, the Awakening class buff still maintains the 20 DP buff, but you no longer get the HP anymore, which tells me that, okay, so this class is not meant to be as hands-on, right up in your face, melee, as Succession Wusa is. This is meant to be not range, like necessarily full range, but definitely a mid-ranged style mm -hmm. caster, which I'll admit, mm -hmm. It's the first time we've ever seen a mid-range caster in the game. Uh, usually when we see mid-range classes, they're always assassins, whether it be Dark Knight, mm -hmm. Awakening Ranger, um, or even Awakening Zerker would count. Uh, I believe it's more of a mid-range assassin as well. Um, and technically, you can play it as other things, but like this is our first mm -hmm. time ever seeing anything like this. as like a caster yeah. standing from the midfield, not as far back as maybe an archer or like a succession caster, but like somewhere in the middle. Right, so like well, you could mm -hmm. definitely still get hit by some skills, and you have to put yourself in in yeah. threat distance. But you definitely, and all of her accuracy modifiers are really high. And I don't feel like mm -hmm. she really has any need to actually go in and get stuff done. Like like mm -hmm. really like be upfront like a battle mage, like an yeah. awakening witch. Right, you, there's mm -hmm. really no reason to get anywhere near your opponent. This is a ranged or a mid range class, and you're supposed to sit there at the mid range and really kind of float your skills out there. Now. I think Actually, the, um, oh, go ahead. I wanted to add something. I I noticed some really interesting interaction with one of her sp skills specifically. It was her SE skill, back E skill, where it, even if the opponent is facing you, you just have full back attack at them. Um, and I think I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's this long range line CC. Oh, and the downy. The, 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 yeah, the flowers spawn uh, in a line and then, uh -huh. you know, they suck back into the book and yep. it just it's full back attack. And it's also a float and you can put a, a core skill on it to give it forward guard as well. So I think that would be um, I don't know if any other skill has something like that where you just have a back attack from the front side, you know. Right. Um, but I feel it's, like having it, having that back attack from the front and also being a CC float uh, in PVP would be kind of, um, you know, dangerous. <laughs> incredibly good. Yeah, incredibly mm -hmm. good skill where like if someone's standing in a frontal guard, you can CC them even from in front of them. And that makes her a very powerful mid-range caster. The only skill that I can think of that does that um, elsewhere in the game is Succession Nova, that dumb gargoyle skill where if you're standing yep. at range, the gargoyle can come from like one of three directions. And it just, it yep. always, and by one of three directions, I mean, of course it's going to spawn behind, behind you. you. It's going to spawn yep. behind you. And then it's gonna it's gonna float you from behind you, and the mm -hmm. and the suck nova just stands there and starts snickering at you. So like, um, <laughs> but again, that makes a very powerful mid range caster when you can follow up on that with like really really big damage. Jay's right, that's it, that makes mm -hmm. her really powerful. Now she has gaps all over the place in her protections, but I think that the biggest thing that people are concerned about is her cast speed. Um, Jay, are you mm -hmm. concerned with her attack speed or her, like attack cast speed? Um it is definitely uh, a lot slower, um, but I personally don't mind that. I mean, I again, I as I keep mentioning before, I played an Awakening Witch for five years, so I'm kind of I'm used to that APM to be honest. And it felt it was it felt it was a very comfortable grind. I did post a, a video showcasing her grind on on, on Gyphons, and you don't really have to cast too many abilities to um, uh, for her for game her gameplay flow. Um, and so I, I kind of like that it's slow. I do understand like nowadays players just want everything to be fast, 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 fast. And, you know, um, fair enough. So because being fast allows you to react faster, allows you to um, do everything faster, right, for for PvP purposes. But um, maybe because they are emphasizing her as a mid range caster, it's important that she is a, a slower class um, mm. for that reason. So. 
I think, yeah. I think absolutely. Yep. I think that she's going to be really slow. And I think everyone's like, oh my gosh, her damage numbers are so low. I actually think that I've looked at the accuracy modifiers and I think that she's designed. I think that she's going to hit like a, like a Mac truck. Maybe not as hard as Succession Sage, but somewhere between Suck Sage and DK and Awakening Dark Knight. Um, mm. Somewhere in that range. Because I think with the slow cast times, but mm. really high accuracy modifiers in large scale, PV, in 1v1s and small scales, this makes her terrible. She's mm -hmm. not going to be able to do it. She's right just above Awakening Witch. Like, she's really slow cast time. She needs to set up her skills, right? She's yeah. trying to play from the mid-range, but she can get jumped on, and she's relatively unprotected. She's probably going to get demolished in 1v1s and small scales. But as you add more and more players to the to the equation in large-scale PvP and then in Siege, I think you end up in this situation where you've got this Wusa who's just throwing out all of her traps. She's throwing out uh, her big damage, and no one's really focusing or looking at her. Um, mm -hmm. and she can just, cause she's got the support from the warriors, from the Valkyries, from the Zerkers who are standing there and can support her. Um, and so other classes won't jump on her anymore. And now she's just outputting tremendous amounts of damage. I think that's where we're going to see it. And what makes me think this even more are the support skills. What do you feel about the support skills, Jay? Do you like them? Is it not enough? Um, I think, uh, one second here. I had some notes about it. Well, here, you pull up those notes gonna, uh, and I'll explain real quick. Uh, the, yeah, go for the, it, because I'm out of the loop. Yeah, the particular awakening skill that I'm referring to, we're not sure what the name is yet because we just don't have the money to translate it. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they added this skill. It's a huge AoE. Think of like a PA range, a, a, a caster PA range AoE. Mm -hmm. And it gives mm -hmm. all of your allies 300 HP regen every three seconds, I think it is um for the next 30 seconds and you can cast it once every minute so basically every single push this is going to be up it also gives them mp regen but we don't really care about that i guess we do care about that a little bit because there's classes in the game like succession draconia that can drain your mp but like really we don't care as much about the mp regen but i think that hp regen is actually pretty huge um mm. and that coupled with chrysanth which is the pre-awakening skill because awakening Wusa mm. still has access to her pre-awakening kit uh sagunja chrysanth uh is a skill that gives all allies that it hits 30 percent move speed for the next like seven or eight seconds which is huge by the way it's one of the seconds. biggest move mm. speed or 10 seconds it's one of the biggest move speed buffs in the game if not mm. the biggest allied move speed buff in the game aside from shy um shy's only uh 20 percent so shy's uh, yeah shy's only 20. but it does stack it does stack with the yeah. Chrysanth. So you're, yeah, exactly. And so, like, if you have enough, yeah, so if you have enough Shies and Woosas, you're like, all right, guys, put your weapons away, and the, the Shies buff up, and the Chrysanth <laughs> comes out, and you're like, running in the 90s, and your offense ball is actually, your offense ball is actually hauling ass over the hill. It's actually super sick, because it really increases the tempo at which you want to approach the enemy offense ball. Because, you know, as a shot caller, you're like, okay, okay, we're waiting. And then you see them come onto your 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 mini-map in your peripheral vision, unless you're Richter, in which case you shot call without a mini-map. Um, I mean, you see them come off onto your mini-map in your peripheral vision, and you have time to, like, react. But if you've got 50% move speed buff and the offense ball comes over the hill so fast and engages you, man, that's really powerful. And I think mm -hmm. that Wusa adds this aspect of, like, this... this uh, long engaged skirmish type thing with the HP regen and then the move speed. I think that's really powerful. And I love that she's a ball class. She's not a freaking flank class, right? Yep. I love that she's a ball class. All right. So uh, Jay, share share with us your notes. Yeah. I mean, I, I am really happy that Wusa Awakening got some sort of party utility, but I, I do have to be honest. I am kind of disappointed at what it was. Um, it's like, it's okay. Like, I, I don't mind what it is, but I am 
I think it's kind of boring <laughs> personally. I, I like HP regen. It's, you know, a lot of support classes have some sort of HP regen to give their other allies. And it's not a shock color. To them. But, no. you know, I would have loved for it to be a, a little bit more interesting, you know, um, like if we like take a look at the lore of Wusa, like um, they mentioned that Wusa was involved in in this sort of a, this Korean myth, right, of this sort of purgatory called the Sochon Flower Garden. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe it would be more in line with that. Maybe like an AOE res mechanic would have been kind of cool to match up with the lore <laughs> of this sort of purgatory. I don't know. Um, you can't do that. We talked about that last that. week. You're gonna give the man a stroke. Put the, put the gun down, Jake. Step away from Let's the just firearm. Awakening with a continuous care as a buff, you know, for people who don't have continuous care. <laughs> uh, so I will, I will piggyback off what Blue said. 300 HP regen every three seconds over 30 seconds is is pretty huge for ball fights and PvP. I mean, Massive. that is. That is a large buff. Um, yeah, I never said it was bad. I just I said it was like boring. yeah. So that one, unless the bosses come out and there's just this massive need for HP regen, uh, that is a large scale skill, which I am fine with having one or two of in everybody's kit because PvP still is one of the biggest things BDO has going for it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I, Blue and I are both shot callers, so we're, we're thinking of it already. Like, oh man, how can that's, I apply that's this? It. Yeah, how can I use this? Um, so for large scale, it's going to be really nice. Uh, for PVE, yeah, it's probably a very lackluster skill. Um, and lore wise too, I can see it being a little. You know, doesn't really play into the lore of the the Watcher of the Garden or whatever it is that she is specifically. Um, yeah, I was kind of uh, hoping for more support style stuff, uh, if I'm yeah. being honest. I liked it, but mm-hmm. like, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more um, support aspects uh, of her kit overall. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it has very strong implications in large-scale PvP. Um, but I also... And the 100% is basically <laughs> useless. We have another class that's basically following BSR. But let me wrap something around... Um, let me wrap something around your head, guys' heads real quick. So I know the HP regen doesn't seem super crazy substantial, but stack that with the unicorn buff, Wusa mm-hmm. buff. So unicorn buff, Wusa buff, shy regen, and mm-hmm. your normal health potion. And you have this mm-hmm. situation where like you lose a bunch of HP and someone's like, okay, baby, I'm gonna combo this. What the fuck? He just got all of his HP back. Yep. Like every, <laughs> add, three add seconds, the gill skill into that too. Right. Every three seconds, they're getting back like 2,000 HP. Just adding uh, like and effectively your hp pool for the fight is dramatically higher like oh i just caught a heal no you didn't yep your hp regen <laughs> is just that good right who needs casters when you can just regenerate <laughs> <laughs> self-sustain is what we call that <laughs> exactly exactly i don't um, need a caster so jay do you think it's gonna be good do you think that do you think awakening was do you, are you gonna play it over succession yeah Hundred percent. I mean, uh, I was looking for a more comfortable grind, anyways, and so Awakening Wusa definitely feels very, very comfy. Even if it's not going to be as good as Succession Wusa, right? I think I'm sure most people know that Succession Wusa is absolutely so strong in PVE right now. Um, but it is it it, it does hurt my fingers. Um, uh, a lot of people. Um, <laughs> this man never played <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, for me, 
<laughs> again, I keep emphasizing I played an Awakening Witch for for five years. And so going from Awakening Witch to Succession Wusa was a big APM increase. Maybe if you were you came from playing an Awakening Nova, it might not feel like a big APM um, increase. The, but, uh, uh, the joke with uh, DK was that all of DK's abilities that hit good for PVE are all shift buttons. So oh, you would have you would yeah. have a super sore pinky after an hour of grinding on DK. So that's why I said <laughs> you've never played DK and it shows because every skill for DK is a shift button. Yep. See you, see you. Yep. Uh, I think that but it's yeah, actually yeah. going to be pretty good in PvE. Yeah, but we will if see. it's a mid-range Just caster, I'll probably give it a, a try. Just I like mid-range APM, casters, so... Because you, you're nuking the mobs with like three skills, right? So it's just low APM. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad. I mean, we'll see. It could be lackluster, we'll but see, I actually yeah. think it's got the AOE. It's got the damage, I feel like. I think it'll be great um, in PvE, and I think it'll be great in large scale. I think in 1v1s and uh, small scale, you're swapping servers. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, I think it's going to look uh, really good there. Uh, all right, final thoughts on uh, Wusa. Anything you guys want to get in real quick? No. I like, I um, like the idea of a mid-range caster. I actually think it might be uh, really good in 1v1s, like surprisingly, because not because of the Awakening kit, but because of how oh, she still has access to her pre-Awakening because her pre-Awakening is like I was watching somebody, um, uh, you know, play Awakening Wusa mm-hmm. uh, for PvP and they still you, you still have access to all your catches in pre-Awakening oh. and the catches in pre-Awakening are really, really, mm. really strong. I'm and getting, so um, I'm if, getting the if vibes. You can set up yeah, if you can set up your landmines properly and then position around them, maybe, mm. um, and you can catch them with your pre-awakening and you set up all those explosions, it, it, maybe it might be actually a really good melee class. I don't know. So, fun um, fact, DK also used to have a trap that was a landmine really? trap. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awakening yeah, DK is not had a trap of a deer. Yep, I used yeah. to use that all the time. Uh, all fantastic the time. for catches because when yep. they changed CCs in the game to where every ability basically only first hit CC how it was for a long time, Trap of a Deer was one of the only skills in the game that had multi-proc CC. So what would happen is, is people people would jump into it with protection, block the first hit, and then the second hit would always get them and they would get stunned. Um, so you're, you're speaking my language. The swapping between specs for PvP is like... Now you're getting back to what I loved about DK mm-hmm. and why I played DK for so long. Because Awakening DK is very much, you got your nukes in Awaken, but a lot of your catches were always in pre-Awakened. Um, so. so you're we- weaving in and out. Yeah, so, actually, yeah. it's it's actually so seamless. I don't know if you've been trying Blue, but oh, if you yeah. lock it's, Fan Kick yep, in, uh, in pre-Awakening... Yeah, then you instead use your awakening kick, which seamlessly puts you back into awakening. And then if you want to get back into pre-awakening, you can either use your bombs or shift Q, which is Stormfall. And all of your skills in awakening um, chain into Stormfall like so seamlessly. Yep. So I think that might be the idea they had with Awakening Musa is that Good. you still utilize a lot of your pre-awakening. Yeah. So. That's how awake. That's in my opinion. That's how every awakening should play. In my yeah. honest opinion, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think should, the absolute skills. It's an extension of your awakening kit. Yeah. Really. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm getting kind of hype about it now. I'm going to try it out tomorrow. I haven't yeah. made my seasonal character yet because I've been kind of waiting. So yeah, I, like think the, tomorrow, so. Mm-hmm. I yeah. still yeah, I still think it's not going to be super great in 1v1s. I think it'll be like middle of the road to, to not so great in 1v1s mm-hmm. for sure. Um, like not, That's how maybe, Awakened DK maybe is not too, un- though. Yeah, maybe not unplayable, but well, no, Awakened DK is pretty good in 1v1s. Um, well, not, not bad at all. Um, it's just the now. only thing... It, <laughs> now, yeah but i'm talking about now um, i know i when i bring up awakening dk i'm always thinking of like 2020 awakening dk where it's like yep yeah, well, eh. yeah my thoughts on um awakening wusa are 
uh i don't know i just i feel like yes you can switch switch between pre-awakening and awakening but the problem is you've taken a lot of like the prime like you've taken a lot of like the damage out of the pre-awakening mm -hmm. kit that you normally just follow up with on those catches and you've mm -hmm. yeah you put it so yeah you can catch them with the pre-awakening kit but then you got to get back into awakening which admittedly is seamless but then you got to cast like what you get like one yeah skill. you're gonna get skill. one skill yeah. like yeah. That, and that's so like i i do think it's it's gonna suffer it'll be like sucks age in 1v1 you know mm -hmm. what i mean playable if has if have enough gear jay's probably just gonna be like i don't know why i don't know what the problem is <laughs> Press button and get killed. i just <laughs> i just death is the best cc you know what I mean? True, yeah. um, <laughs> all right. So the final thing I want to touch on is uh, our last forum post, which should be pretty quick. Uh, the Seaman mm -hmm. uh, definitely, and this was brought up at the Calpheon Ball, uh, moving the servers from California um, to a more of a middle of the road. Might I suggest, I mean, they, they said something like Texas. Um, I would suggest, I'm just going to throw this out there as a ballpark, totally random thought, Missouri. Um <clears throat> I'll supervise the servers myself. Um, Look, I've no been deal. preaching. I've been preaching this for months now. Just put them in Chicago where the league servers are at, please, for the love that's, of God. That's what I was hoping. But honestly, Texas is fine too. Uh, do do yeah. either of you not want the servers to move? Can we like my my only concern with Texas is all the Canadians that also play on NA because they are technically NA. So I know Texas is a little far for them. So, but Chicago is like that perfect spot in my opinion you get canadians are all right east coast is all right west coast is all right if you're in chicago or you know uh wisconsin or any of those border states right there you get like six ping and you're just ping carried but like everybody else is playing at like 32 so yeah uh uh jay yeah i mean i don't think there's too much to disagree on this post video is a very ping reliant game in pvp and even in a little in pve like if you're trying to avoid getting bonked by mobs and losing your rebellious crystals and you know soon the new legendary crystals so yeah i mean centralized servers no-brainer so yeah i mean and plus i think it like yes is it more money up front yeah but it like saves them stupid amounts of money i think overall i mean bro their servers are in california the amount of money that it probably takes to to upkeep those servers in los angeles has got to be more money than doing it somewhere like texas or chicago mm -hmm. right like i i it's just baffling to me that it hasn't come yet they did say that they were working on it but we haven't heard heads or tails of it since the announcement of the calpheon ball and one of the most disturbing things is we haven't actually heard anything about um a heidel ball um mm -hmm. like if you got you guys haven't heard anything about a heidel ball right yeah, I got a feeling it's probably coming up. They're probably waiting for the hype of Morning Light, and they'll probably announce it kind of around the same time would be my guess. The real question that all the creators are wondering, are they going to invite us to the Heidelball too? Come on, baby. Here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think overall, uh, we all want that server. We all want the servers to be uh, centrally located. Uh, closing thoughts on like the patch that we're going to get tonight. We're going to get uh, Awakening Wusa, and then we're going to get mm. uh, some worker changes too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah Tiltus, you want to go through crossed, the worker boys. changes real quick? Well, I know we're running oh, are out they of time out? Are they live somewhere? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're getting them. I, do, I mean, I can go through them real quick. We're gonna, yeah, I think the yeah. uh, patch notes might be up. All right, yeah. Patch. If you already got them up, go for it, Blue. Yeah, uh, so the workers are going to be able to level up to level 40 now. And then we're going to be able oh, to do that worker change. Yes. Okay. So we're going to get thought, level I 40 we talking, workers. I thought we had already gotten that. Actually, I haven't been paying attention to the recent patch notes. I've been AFK for like a week. This guy. Um. Yeah, no, we, um, we're um we getting the level 40 change. I'm not sure 
We're not getting... Uh, are we getting the... Um, like, we can tell the workers to deliver the We're goods in We're getting the shy dances. City. We're getting the shy dances. Did you see? <laughs> All right. This has been a good podcast, everybody. I'm Ma- out for the evening. <laughs> Ma, you got- Ma, you, of course, bro. Of course. <laughs> Right, I, honestly, can we get can we get the dances on all the characters? Do you have any idea the amount of BM that we could lay on people if we could dance over their corpse? Dance with the emotes from last week. That's emotes. what I mean. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like flashing your mastery. But yeah, I think that so in the past tonight we're getting Awakening Musa. Uh, we're getting the, the level forty worker changes, and I think you can actually deliver the goods. Uh, to any city that you want as long yeah, as your worker is you, level 40. Yep. Right? And yep. that's a massive quality of life change so that you can put yep. everything that you want in one city, um, you know, or tell them to go to whatever city you want without actually affecting the work time. That's huge, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're getting sh- shy dancing. Um, the, sh- <laughs> the shy dancing is cool, but I will say that they should add that for every class. I don't know why every class in the game can't dance. Um, so... Because um, if they can't dance, they're no friends of mine. And if they can't dance, I, I respect it. I, I respect it. All right, um, let's go. Let's 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 go into outro and closing thoughts. Uh, Tiltus, why don't you go first? Hey, I am Tiltus TV, part-time streamer, full-time shot caller. I shot call for uh, the Alliance Solace. Um, I sh- our main days are Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So if you would like to see me yell at all my friends, you can pop into my streams on those days. Friday is PvP day. Saturday is uh, MSQ day, and then Sunday is uh, Dark Souls. It's Soul Sunday, so we're hopping back on that stream schedule. Um, now that I've threw my Omega Strikers hard binge, um, uh-huh. hit top three thousand players in NA. By the way, I'm just you know, you're gonna be. Uh, you gonna be streaming uh, today after the podcast, or are you wrapping up? No, negative. No, okay. Tuesday. Tuesday is a is a work. Wednesday's a work day, so you know can't be staying up too late. I feel you. Uh, I'm sorry, can't relate. Teacher, summer. Uh, yeah, weirdo. Jay, Jay. I should really start writing out like I, outro scripts. But hi, right my now. name is uh, Jay Kuhn. I I do a lot of PVE content. I'm 750 Gear Score. I'm always happy to answer questions about the game. I will be streaming a lot of Awakening Wusa tomorrow, so you can find me over at twitch.tv slash jaykunvt v before the t. Right, Sorry, on. make sure you get the V before the T on that one. That's right. <laughs> um, and I am Blue Squadron, of course. Um, we Guys, remember the podcast is always posted to YouTube. Uh, you can leave your comments down in the description. You might just see uh, your comment discussed the following week. Uh, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, so you can always listen to the podcast in the car on the way to work. The whole idea here uh, for this content is to let you listen to meaningful BDO content outside of being at your computer. So uh, make sure that you guys follow up on that. Also, if you if you guys like the forum post that we discussed today or you enjoyed uh, any of those discussions, I always post the link to the forum uh, post in the description to the video on YouTube. So make sure you go upvote that um, as it is the best way to get things uh, across to the developers. Um, that being said, that is going to be a wrap for the Old Moon Podcast uh, episode 11. Uh, make sure you tune in to um, my channel, Tiltus's channel, Jaycoon's channel for all of your content needs. Thank you so much, guys, and have a great rest of your night.